Hello, welcome to the Honest Wargamer. I'm your host, Rob. It's the Age of Sigma Monday show, which happens every Monday at 7pm. I'm joined by James and Dan. James, what up? What up, Rob? What up, what James? Up? What up? What up, buddy? <laughs> uh, and I'm also joined by Dan. What up, Dan? Hello, I am three cats in a trench coat trying to get into a dirty movie. Which I assume is just a movie probably about, like, milk or cream. I butchered the, like, you know, like, usually it's children in a trench coat. I, I, somewhere the analogy got away from me. Perfect. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. <Yeah. laughs> Uh, so hello everyone in the chat uh, thanks for joining us uh, today if you're watching this back as a podcast stay hydrated and if you're watching this back on YouTube then please do like and subscribe otherwise I'll hate you uh, so uh, what we're going to be talking and about and comment today... something aggressive just just like but not about this mm. but just aggressively comment something like potatoes aren't a real vegetable just like anything like pick pick a hill to die on that makes no sense and put it in the comments yeah this is uh, this is this is the the hill to die on uh, show basically now mm -hmm. one of the things uh, so today's show is James and Dan and me are going to talk about the roadmap I already covered this kind of in an earlier show but it was in the day and I didn't get a chance to talk to James about it or Dan so I'm excited to see what they think about it uh, and hear their thoughts but in addition I think it leads very organically into the conversation about our battle tomes books and generally that sort of stuff from Games Workshop really worth the price point they sell it at. And I, like the TLDR, probably not. But instead of instead of just being like, no, I really like to have like a really long thought out conversation with all of my friends about this. And I'd love to hear you guys have the chat and see what you think about it. Because I think it's one of those really interesting things that we all don't necessarily agree on exactly the right elements of what they are and what they w will be. And Dan and James are like pretty uh, great people to have in this. Dan's really conscious of of new media like works in a lot of film and tv and james plays loads of board games and computer games as well as miniature games probably a lot more than i do so it's a more diverse kind of like experience of other game systems um so yeah he's when he's not painting he's going to be so ready to know all of it i, I think. know i can answer all of those questions right now all right okay <laughs> what are you painting let's just start yeah. there radagast the brown Oh my god, perfect in every way. Uh, all Radagast the Brown. How many Radagast do you own? Just one. Because wow. do you know what? Radagast is very expensive. Versus Gandalfs. Uh well I have five Gandalfs, I think now. <laughs> one moved. Did I tell you? No. One of my Gandalfs moved. Do you know where like he moved? House? To? Like did he he left? He like, moved was house, it... yeah. He yeah, he was, he was just like, hey, are you not giving me enough time? I never see you. You're always sleepy when you get home because you're like, I work too much. Was it like you were just neglecting him? So he was like, I'm going to go stay with my cousin for a few weeks. He moved to Japan. What? <laughs> it's a long way to get out <laughs> of a relationship. Japan? I was on Twitter one day and someone was like, I'm after this very specific Gandalf model. I've had this same Gandalf model for like seven years since I lived in the UK. Or maybe it was longer. It was a long time. It might have been since the first film. So like, what, 20 years? Uh, and he's traveled around the world and I now live in Japan and his staff's broken. I don't know where his staff bit's gone. And now I don't know what to do. Um, does anyone have this Gandalf model? I was like, I think I have five of that Gandalf model. Because <laughs> it's like the common one, like the Gandalf gray stick. And I went downstairs and looked in like one of the giant pots. I was like, oh, there's a Gandalf. Messaged some guy. I was like, do you want this Gandalf? She's like, yeah, what do you want for it? And I was like, you can just pay whatever. I don't know what shipping to Japan is. Like three quid for a tiny letter. So he moved to Japan. Mm. Uh, yeah, okay. That's incredible. 
Okay. Which I, was... I thought was quite cool. Like when it got there, he sent me a photo and I was like, oh, Gandalf in Japan. Gandalf is sexier there too. Gandalf on tour. Like, uh, I don't want to, you know, when, you know, when you're having an argument on the internet and it's always just goes back to the, uh, to the to the Germans between the 1930s and 40s, not saying the word. Uh, they uh, you <laughs> the uh, or specifically some Germans. Uh, the um, uh, I sometimes wonder. Like, there's a really great film where uh, the king of the Germans at the time uh, comes back in the kind of noughties. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Uh, it's yes. a pretty it's a pretty funny movie. Um, but I would really like it if like Gandalf just came back to Earth now. Like, would Gandalf be on TikTok? You know, yes. oh yeah, you know he well, would, but it would all be confused. Not his own, but like the hobbits would have him on TikTok. The the hobbits, <laughs> so he wouldn't be on it, but the the, tic- the hobbits would love TikTok. Yeah, no, I he's think so, he, they're not doing get, anything else. Gandalf's a dilf. He'd absolutely get into it. Like he'd be like, "Yo, yo, yo! Welcome back to my channel. Now today we are going to be making the sun rise from the east with a whole bunch of horses, and here's how to get them all down a hill without any breaking of their legs." Like <laughs> he'd be like pop. shit like that. He'd be like, "Make sure you like and subscribe." Like he'd, he'd, he'd be great. I don't know if that's true. I think he might just be super stoned at Coachella. Like, I think, <laughs> or Burning Do you Man. Think he's Nathan. Yeah, I think he went. Oh my God. Yes. Now I was right. Which actually brings us to why Nathan's not here today. Uh, Nathan is just coming back. He was in Venice at the weekend, uh, which is nice. <laughs> trying, to, trying to fix a leak, I think, is why he was there. I'm not certain. He was like, he, was he messaged to... me, went, it's so flooded, Rob. It's a nightmare. It's a real tough job. So, yeah. The problem was is that while they were fixing it, he his professional job was to like he had to just put his finger in the 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 bit that was leaking and just stand there because nobody else had that expertise. So he plugged the hole uh, while they repaired it. I think is probably how they did it. <laughs> yeah. I also like the fact someone in the chat, uh, Twitchy Terry, said I always uh, assumed he wouldn't be allowed in other countries. Yes, you kind of get that vibe from him. You're like, you assume he's on a sort of like no fly list. <laughs> or, I, see, I, or, I actually think or, it's the opposite. Like, wait, he's on. considered royalty. Well, no, I was thinking more like in an Armageddon style situation, it feels like he's one of the nine people they would fly up on the rocket to somehow mine the moon. Yeah. Armageddon. Yeah. Do you think he's Bruce Willis? Maybe. Or no, he's the cowboy. Who's the guy who gets super high on oxygen and starts riding the nuclear missile? I think Oh it... god knows. It's him. There we go. <laughs> Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi is who I think he is. Uh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, right. Hello everyone, welcome to the show. Uh James, catch us up. What have you been up to? How you been? Uh yep, I've been pretty good. Uh what have I been up to? I've been up to no hobby. That's not so. Oh, I did. I painted a bird this week and now I'm painting a Radagast. Uh, but I had some of last week off. Uh, so I went to Brighton nice. for um, uh, a night. Um, and we went because someone that I happen to live with that occasionally gets talked about on the show, the Meg. S- the Meg somehow convinced me that going to Brighton and getting a tattoo was a good idea. Amazing! <laughs> what did, did you, you get? Radagast the Brown as a tattoo. No. Uh, what did you, what we did you... we went to an artist that you may or may not have heard of. Um, yeah. His name is Mister Heggie. Okay, uh, and he does like as he described it to me mid tattoo, stupid cat tattoos. 
What? Show me what you got and where is it. Well, it's it's literally on my chest here. (laughs) Tops off. Yeah, tops off. Probably probably not tops off, but I do have a photo, so let me find it. Because I also had to be shaved because I'm pretty furry. So, oh, there you go. There he is. Uh, So, let's see. Can we see my phone? No, it doesn't love it. James, I'm not going to lie to you. They're not like high, they're not high art. Whoa, but they're they're great. So I had an I need space corgi. Uh, so it's a little corgi in space. Yeah, and he says I need space. I'll stick a photo on my Twitter in a bit. Please yeah, do. T- but but for probably um probably for the rest of the show you should be tops off. <laughs> I, I, just, I pretty, think you should. It's, um, it's pretty cold here in the UK and heating's expensive. Very That's expensive. Right. Let's just get to meet that make the corgi look real real tight, real strong because it'll be a amazing. Uh, okay, so that yeah, sounds so fun. We, so we did that, and then uh, I think that I think that was probably that's probably the highlight of a week. It was a, a good old journey to go get stabbed by needles. That sounds great. And have you been doing any hobby? Uh, well, I painted Abbott, uh for my Lord of the Rings event this weekend that I'm obviously ready for, uh, and I'm painting Radagast now, who also has to be ready uh, for the weekend. <laughs> oh, really? Are you playing? Are you playing Lord of the Rings at the weekend? Yeah. Where? At Warhammer World. Oh, you coming to Nottingham and not saying Oh, to be fair, I'll be in I'll be in Boston, so that There you go. Matter. Yeah, that doesn't matter. Uh okay, are you gonna play you play a Warhammer World, you can play a Lord of the Rings event? Is it a competitive tournament? It is Throne of Skulls. I have played my list once. That's okay. I, uh, as a Throne of Skulls winner. Oh. Just just saying. Hard flex. Yeah, hard flex, but still a real flex. Yeah. Um the uh, uh, the yeah, as a Throne of Scores winner, um, uh, you mainly just get by. But it's a soft score event. Just if anyone doesn't know, uh, and it's mainly based on sports votes. So if you, James, just take loads of presents and give each person you play like loads of presents, and I reckon you might win the event. I think I went um, like three two, and I just oh, just flirted with everyone for nice. Five Maybe rounds. I'll just flirt with everyone. I'm probably better at that than Warhammer these days. Um. But yeah, so yeah, so I'm playing that, and the trophy is nice for the Lord of the Rings one. If no one's ever seen it, it's a giant, it's a giant one ring. Oh really? Um, yeah. So I have the uh, Throne of Schools one for Sigma, um, because I came second once. Congratulations. Uh, so so yeah, so I'm going to do that. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but I'm not like it's funny, right? Because I've known for months, and I was like, oh, I've only got to paint six models. And then my hobby painting mojo hasn't been amazing. So, um, so yeah, I'm a bit behind. I have just this one model to finish now, though. So That's pretty good. All right. Well, great. Wonderful. Lovely to hear it. Uh, Dan, how have you been? What have you been up to? Uh, I just wanted to put out there that, uh, that there was a great suggestion in the chat that you should show them your tat to like um, get those sports votes but I've got I'm going to I'm going to double down on it just actually cut out a piece of your shirt where the tattoo is oh, like a so flap. you can still wear a shirt no you just fully fucking cut it out like assless chaps but for your tattoo so I mean I normally wear a vest most of the time so and, a uh, vest is already it. only like half a shirt so if you, you cut out them. a little bit more then you're fine there you go I, I right honestly here. think you should get a flap like a butt, like, you know, like the long johns, <laughs> like a butt flap. But like just you unbutton two buttons and it just opens a kind of square chest on the front uh, bit mm. and then you show the tattoo. Do that. That's, yeah. I reckon or, Dayton would know where I got one of those too, right? 
Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. In a heart, he probably has a small collection of them. Yeah, yeah. You need, you need, you need press stud tear away clothing is what you need for this event. <laughs> I think. And, and small amount being like fifteen pairs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, right, okay, right, Dan. How have you been? What you been up to? Uh, I'm good. I'm great. I actually, uh, uh, as soon as we finish this show, I have to pack a bag because I'm going home to Australia for the first time in four years to go visit all my friends and family that I haven't seen because I moved over here and then the Coco Vovo came and then uh, work just never let me get away. So I'm super excited to head back to Australia um, for a good, like almost two months. Uh, It's been way too long. Yeah, we talked about this, right? And we mm. we talked about the fact that like it's been so so long. So that's really exciting. Yeah. Are you, you going to try and do any hobby when you're over there? Because a lot of like I... you've got a lot of hobby friends over there, right? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I I'm very excited to, to see all the War Dolly Warriors. Um, I'll I'm going to take a little like a small little capsule of stuff to paint. But then I've got a couple of armies over there that I just couldn't bring when I came. So I'm excited to start to kind of put them together. But other than that, it's been a, a it's been a mental week for work. Um, where the end of the year always is. It's crazy. It's insane because that's where things just go ballistic while you're trying to film everything we missed during the year, which – so I'm very sorry to everybody that I haven't that has messaged me or I was chatting to that I just dropped off the face of the earth. I just stopped existing for quite a while. Uh, I was like anyone that spoke to me, I was like <laughs> movie film, uh, and I wasn't a person. Uh, and but now I feel human again, which is lovely. And last weekend, I will throw out a shout out to uh, a couple of folks who usually lurk in the chat: Cool Bunny and Nemesis, uh, because it was his birthday, and he hired a bunch of boo hurt fighting knights to just beat the ever-living shit out of each other in their front yard and then allowed me to run an illegal gambling racket on the outcomes of the night fighting like we were some kind of underground boxing ring. Allegedly allowed you to. like not Allegedly actually, allowed uh, me to. No, allegedly. Exactly. Allegedly. I saw, the, I, mean, I saw the videos. That looked hilarious. Like That was, was really fun. You were, didn't you even do dress-up? Oh, yeah, everyone was dressed up as well. And the best part was that, like, I mean, look, the the... the alleged gambling was uh fake money that were then exchanged for prizes like we were in some kind of uh uh like like carnival you know like it was like you were at a a, a time zone or one of those like a LARP things. event you could say basically except it was like straight up like a dude broke his sword over the head of like the helmet of one of the other guys it was spectacular and so heroes and villains fell and all of that i would like it was my favorite thing that i've done all year i would absolutely love so anyone else who's running like a boo hurt night fighty kind of event if you need someone to run the gambling uh i'll i'll come do it and it'll be great um so that was wicked that was great uh if if you're watching cody uh thank you uh and uh and yeah if you because you made me you you got me lots of prizes so Thank you, Cody. <laughs> well, that sounds really fun. Uh, have you had any opportunity? I know you were painting uh, quite a lot recently, but like yeah. with with travel plans, I end up uh, like some stuff falls by the wayside. You happen to get any more painting done or not? Not I have. I'm still still working my way through the squats because I'm just really enjoying painting like hyper bright synth wavy squatty things. So I've my little cases. I literally have been like power painting to get everything to a level like uh, about uh, there's about 20 of them to a level where I just need to do two uh, layers uh, to to uh, edge highlights basically on all of them so I only need to take like 20 models and two paints to just slowly work through and then I'll probably buy whatever I need from there on um, 
so yeah, it's been, but it's it's good. I'm I'm enjoying them. I can't wait to when I get back. I'm probably going to dive into some Cities of Sigma stuff. So I'm just I'm kind of I'm in a it's a hobby renaissance at the moment, which is always the the fun part of holidays for me. Well, you might not do that once we're at the end of this conversation, but let's see. Oh, let's sweet. See. But that's all right. I got Marvel Crisis Protocol. I got Legion. There's Star Wars Shatterpoint or whatever it's called. Yeah, whatever that out. is. Yeah, Seed so me the war dollies. I don't care what they look like as long as they're plastic resin and I can paint them, roll some dice, and then scream, God damn it, just die, Yoda. Why won't you die? I've tried to snipe you so many times. You've been <laughs> shot in the head and you just won't go down, you tiny green prick. He's perfect. Like, as long as I get how dare you? How dare you? He, how dare you? I can't wait for the introduction of the... Because uh, the, obviously once they've... When they've cycled through every Star Wars story ever, eventually we get the Lady Yoda franchise, which I'm super invested in. Yeah. She's sassy. Yep. Is she a lawyer? Who knows? It's Lady Yoda. Um, I'm looking it's, forward to <laughs> she's actually a force denier. Yeah. She's like, like, just, like doesn't she's believe like, it exists. She's like, no, I'm, I'm straight. I'm lifting this with my mind right now. And she's like, yeah, whatever you are, mate. Do you know how hard people try to get me in the sack? You with your little floaty rock isn't gonna do it. And he's like, oh. all right, perfect. Oh yeah, duh. Okay, all right. Uh, so um, thanks, everyone, for joining us live in the chat. Uh, just a big shout-out, big shout-out. Thanks, uh, Dan James, for being here. Um, thanks to Sunworks for resubscribing. I was away last weekend in Sweden, as in Karlstad, uh, with the Malarkey boys, which is why we didn't do an AOS Monday show last week. Uh, I was getting my narrative gaming on, as they say. Played a 1,000-point tournament in Karlstad. It's pretty good. Uh, had a great time. Uh, I made a lot of spawn. Not as many spawn I would have wanted, but more spawn than was probably okay to make. Uh, roughly that amount of spawn. How many spawn is too many spawn? Who are you asking, me or a regular person? Uh, you first. Uh, 14. Okay, regular person? Three. Okay, so that was quite a lot more than a regular person would want. Yeah, but I want a lot already. So, like, there's a certain point where I'm like, this is just a lot happening, and I don't need... Do you have 14 spawn models? I painted nine. Okay. That's a lot. You can statistically generate, with one list I was running, 20 in in a game. So if none of them die, then your quid's in. But normally, they die. Because they're five wounds on a six up save? Five up save. Oh, what? Oh, I guess I'm always right. They got plus one save. Yeah. And then all out defense. Yeah. They got the life expectancy. It's obviously worth it on a spawn, right? Yeah. They got a life expectancy of an American kid in a school. Second time I've used that joke today, and it's just fucking great. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Second time I've used that. Probably too soon. (laughs) It's always too soon. That's the problem. Exactly. Yeah, it's too problem. Uh, Yeah, they don't have long. They're not long for this world whenever they get summoned. Uh, But I absolutely love spawns, and they're the best. So I played that. That was fun. Uh, We had, um, it's never too soon, agreed. Uh, We had a lovely time. Um, And then I'm away next weekend in America. I am on Friday uh, uh, going to be doing uh, a painting seminar at the Everwinter GT. I think there are still tickets available. I think we've only sold 380 tickets, so maybe 20 more tickets available. Not Sorry, sure. 
Okay, wait. There's there's a there's something we need to address now that you're getting to this stage, Rob. Yeah. You know how like like different different uh, fans of things they have a a, a fan name or like a team name for everybody does. It. You know, Critical Role has critters. Like everybody's got their thing. Yeah. Are you going to call people who do the slap chop slappers? Obviously. So can you say that you have three hundred maybe slap chaps and slut chops? And and yeah. So basically, you you have three hundred eighty slap chaps and slut chops. Yeah. Yeah, I think it might be in the vicinity of 380 tickets sold. So last 20 tickets on sale right now. If anyone, I think you go to the Everwinter GT, uh, like, um, and then get on with it, and then you can sign up. Yeah, chop. That's chop, an important chop, chop. question. Oh, okay. What is the question? So we've done this show quite a long time now. We have, yes, correct, yes. And I'm not that sure we've time ever away. had 380 paying people in the channel. So mean, does that mean yeah. that you're more of a painting streamer than you are a rules streamer? Yes. This is <laughs> good. This that is was the, it. That was good. Would, as, would, you like as, me to, would you like me to regale you with a, a gut punch moment from my friend Mr. Owen the Jackson? Yeah, do it. We travelled over to uh, to the Netherlands, where the Dutch live, uh, earlier in the year. Uh, me and Mr. Colonel Cabbage and Owen the Jackson. And uh, we, uh, we we set up, but there was a problem with the internet. So we were doing four tables. Four tables of live coverage of Age of Sigma, uh, simultaneously, while also recording the games. And also, in addition, um, doing it like you know from equipment we brought over in literally suitcases. Mm. So pretty impressive. A mobile studio is what some people would call it, I guess. Uh, we set up, we deployed. I wasn't very well. I had a bit of a cold, uh, and then the internet wasn't working. I couldn't figure out why or what was the the problem. Eventually got it all working that night. Um, then in the morning, having slept very little and worked furiously hard the day before uh, to do something which I don't think anyone else in the world has even attempted, uh, and now is common for me to do very regularly. Mm. Owen looked at me and said, "Wow, you've added the ability to do this thing on, uh, like, to do this thing and bring up these graphics." I like, have. He's like, "Oh, you've worked really hard on this." I was like, "Thank you." He's like, "Must make you feel really sad that you're only known for painting." <laughs> I thought about that for months. <laughs> <laughs> love- so, how is being a painting streamer? I haven't. I, honestly, shit. Like, uh, they you are. Know what the best part is. Go on. Like is just the the wonderful amount of like venom that people that people just arbitrarily have for it, which is just like you're like it's just it's like slap chop is sitting there. Also, uh, Mr. Berry, the slappening, wonderful name, truly wonderful name for what's happening. Uh, but uh, but like all these people being like. Oh, slap chop is just like whatever they say. Effectively, slap chop is just there in the background, being like, "Your fury makes me stronger." Like no matter what happens, they're just it powering is just then a thought highlight in there, right? It's actually not because that's actually a light from a particular source. Whereas yeah. this is actually to, uh, adding sketch values, technically. Uh, but that's I, that's I literally fine. all of that. No, nothing. Yeah, that's Absolutely. that's why it's super fine that everyone who just called it uh, uh, um, Zenithal was wrong and. An okay, actual but, moron. But if you have that many people coming, right, to 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 do the painting class, can you do something? Start a cult. <laughs> like like when you're there, just be like, welcome. I am now going to pass just- down to you what was passed down to me by the <laughs> Turkish monks. And then 
be like, now the first thing we almost do is raise your right hand and be like, I swear I will never call it underpainting. And, you know, like just, just start a small, start a small cult. That'd be so cool. I'd love to be in a cult. Do you know what you should do? Are we in a cult? Isn't the Honest Wargamer already a cult? It's been accused of being a cult. Do you know what you should do? Subcult. You should just wear a really big hat. Yeah. As big as you can find. Maybe like the Pope. That's like a good size. Yeah. Um, and then serve Kool-Aid. <laughs> just Before enough to poison. Before we begin, we almost drink the ce- we almost drink the ceremonial Kool Aid. Yeah, welcome. And then just see see the person who drinks it first. They're the biggest fan. They're the biggest. Fan. No, straight away. No, no, didn't even Ten ask. Just to them. Next it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Listen. Yeah. Whole bowl. Anyway, gone. so yeah, gone. So I'll be doing a painting seminar, but I'll also be playing in the tournament. This is important. Oh. Um, Are you playing what you paint in the seminar? Like you have to paint it to play it? No. Because the cult paint your army. They, oh, you don't have to take one. You just get everyone. We haven't sold like, 380 tickets, Dan. I reckon we've sold one ticket. I don't imagine literally anyone's fucking going. Like it's actually kind of embarrassing. I have to like prepare really hard in case three people turn up, but I also don't want to prepare that hard because only three people are turning up. I'm in a very difficult and awkward position, if I'm honest. how many people are turning up? Uh, no people are turning up. At best, three comedy ticket purchases. Like They're like, this will be funny, and then I'll have to be funny, but I'm not a stand-up comedian. So I've actually been put into this incredibly awkward position, and I don't really know what to do about it, if I'm honest. So... Someone in the chat's got a ticket. Wiggles in the chat. Lol, I bought a ticket. Fuck me. (laughs) So that's one person. So So now you've got to work. (sighs) Wiggles, um, Uh, would you like to be on the show after and you can do a full (laughs) review? A hundred percent. Can we please get some live? We'll just have a week where we don't have Rob and we'll just have a review of Rob Sig. And if there's 380 people, it'll be a real busy show. And we'll just leave Nathan in charge and go. Okay, please don't come to... No one come to... Wiggles, try and request a refund, if that's possible. Uh, (laughs) Right, but I will be trying. Anyway, so then I'll also be playing... um, uh, I'll also be playing at the event, and then uh, the Rice Krispie Street represent the wet palette you'll never need to use because of the (laughs) skills we use, but also because the paint water Kool-Aid was poisoned. I mean, make sure to paint your hand to show you're an actual painter. (laughs) Yes, okay. So awkward, awkward. I might just start riffing. Doing some stand-up. Who knows? Anyway, I'm also playing at the event, the final bit, before we get onto the actual subject we're talking about today. Uh, and I had to, like, I'm writing my list. And honestly, boys, honestly, it's a challenge right now. Because I don't know if you know, new Slave to Darkness are out. New STDs, as they say. Uh, mm-hmm. 2022, the, the new STDs have turned up. Um, there are no tickets just sign up for the event. Oh, no. Right, so then uh, the... So yeah, there's new STDs and they're in play at the event and they're going to be a drama. I don't know if you know loads about the new Slave Startners, but they are going to be very difficult to deal with. And then also the new Ogres are going to be there as well. So they're Mm -hmm. also allowed in play. And I don't know about anything about those, but they've got loads of guns. And my guys, Dan, as an Australian, you'll understand this a lot. If you do happen Mm -hmm. to see a bin chicken or even Mm -hmm. a flying turkey vulture, yeah, mm-hmm. I know that Thanksgiving was just this weekend, but I reckon loads of those Americans who do have a small love of guns, 
yeah, are going to be all over my chicken, like, don't say it, a kid in school. <laughs> I mean, I think the problem is, is that GW really recognized a market. Now, I'm not saying that all ogres are rednecks, but I'm not not saying that. Mm. And so then they went and they went, what do we got? We've got, we've got a, a large army of just hyper-masculine gun, like, like hyper-masculine being like, oh, what are we? We're muscles and we're meat and we like to eat and drink and fart and shit and stuff. They went, like, okay, we've got that army. And they're like, how do we sell this? How do we sell this to Americans? And then they went, make <laughs> guns great again. Uh, and then, and so, and that's, that's why. So I, I imagine, actually, let's jump on the, the U.S. Games Workshop web store and see how many of them are sold out. Uh... Because I have a feeling that it's like just going to be all of them, right? Like anything with a gun is just always gone. In in the US, that's true. Yes. Yeah. Mogor. Yeah. Make ogre guns awesome again or something. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree. I think that they might be hillbillies. I think ogres might be hillbillies. And going to America with my bin chickens, I do have to prepare myself against... I almost was like, oh, should I take dragons? Because I've got the 3D printed dragons. Do I, right, do a different fun little list and have some fun? But I think I've settled on a little zinchi list. I think I've tried to, I've tried to work out, because I want to take my list, but that's one of the really big problems you have when you're facing a new meta in, in Age of Sigmar or in any game. You're like, oh, my, my army's okay. And then they're like, well, this is the direct problem that you can face. Someone can shoot all of your fellas. And you're like, uh-oh, that's a real problem. Uh, and so like this weekend I happened to play because I played this weekend at the TSN arena and we have some really good terrain rules in my opinion. Um, so I was able to help hide my bin chicken behind some a line of sight blocking terrain, mm. which is pretty cool um, because I faced against three iron blasters. But even then I felt really hemmed in by the fact that I couldn't just like be in the middle of the board, if that makes sense. Like a good example would be Dan right now, if I had, you had four iron blasters and I had an, uh, um, a mega boss or more crusher, more mm -hmm. than likely you just take your toy off for no reason. Like it just, mm. it just doesn't get to live. It just dies. You just keep it. Yeah. Keeps it honest. It's great. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, like, it, it just dies. Like, you, it's not like, oh, I wonder if I'll put it in the corner. It's dead. Put it in the middle. It's dead. Put it on the side. Also dead. Wherever you put it, dead. And that's a bit of a problem uh, in the kind of matter. So I've written myself a little different mm. list. Uh, and I won't okay. lie. Features a lot of pink horrors, James. You're going to be really happy. <laughs> nice. The best lads. The Hello best there. lads. What? Okay, can I? That's what they say Do... when they split. Okay, so let me let me run you through this. This is what is currently out of stock from the more tribes range. Okay. The tyrant has a gun. How, do, true. Yes, that's great. Man eaters yep. have guns. Do have guns, that's great. Uh lead belchers possess guns. Iron blasters have guns. Noblars have like Trash. throw shit at you, but like like still have guns. So effectively, yeah, anything that's the only person who has a gun that isn't out of stock right now is the blood pelt hunter. Shock horror. No, wait, blood pelt hunter's uh, got two guns. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's shot, but it's a crossbow, not a gun. It's a crossbow, not a gun. Oh, no one wants it. Okay, oh, he's no got a spear. In a guy. I think he's got a, in England. I think he's got so. a spear and a crossbow. 
Yeah, he's it's not a gun. He's only in a bow crime place. Uh, and I would also like to point out, as is being said in the chat, that if you talk about poultry and guns, uh, my my people are predisposed to lose wars against things like emus because we did lose the Great Emu War of Australia. Uh, I would also like to point out that we have cassowaries, which are genetically evolved from raptors. They have a lockable talon that they use to puncture, and they can hear the blood pressure of your heart pumping so they know where to stab. They are knife-wielding birds that can hear your weakness. Okay? that's a, It's understandable that you would lose against such, like, that's not a... Turkey, that's okay, a Dan. death chicken. Okay, Dan. You go back to Australia. Sorry, bird, you guys all birds, speak. birds are scary. Birds yeah, are scary. I understand. I get it. I don't get fuck it. with birds. <laughs> anyway, so I'm at an event at the weekend as well. So, and obviously, I don't want to do. Thanks, George Hammer, for resubscribing. I don't want to do myself a disservice. I don't want to go over to the US and be like, oh, the lad off the telly uh, has been rubbish. So um, I've gone and got myself. So I've written myself the best list I think I can write myself. But I did have to um and ah several times today. Couldn't quite decide what I wanted to do because I need to shut down the guns on the very first turn. Otherwise, the guns kill me. Uh, and that's actually quite mm. a challenging thing because I don't know if you mm. know this, they're protected by the Noblars. So actually writing lists mm. that do that is actually really, really challenging. Uh, so I don't know what everyone else has done. Winlaw, who went to his very first event of the weekend, said, that's exactly what happened to me. They aimed and I lifted up all my units and they just died. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a very new meta in Age of Sigmar. So uh, some of the things that did previously work uh, aren't going to work anymore. So um, anyway, so was it an event? Played at an event this weekend. Going to an event next weekend. All very different. Painting the seminar, three people. We're caught up to date with all the news and info. I think, if Ooh. everyone's happy with that. Yeah? Nice. Happy yeah. with that? Mm -hmm. Good. Um, mm -hmm. I can't wait to scoop up my entire army or turn one all five games. <laughs> like, there won't be that many ogres. But also, maybe there will. I'm not sure. There won't Imagine be that many because they're all sold out. Like, that's, that's why it's fine. You can't get them, so you're safe. I think I know that there are at least four full four Iron Blaster armies at the event, which is... And the only question you have to ask, are they good guys with guns or are they bad guys with guns? They're all good guys. They're playing ogres, so it's fine. That's They're true. naturally yeah. good guys. Yeah, um, that's what I'm going to do. Okay, all right. So uh, let's get on to the, the kind of main subject. I guess it's the news, but also the main subject of today's show. Specifically... Uh, we're going to be talking about the Battle Tome roadmap for 2022, mm. 2023. Now, the first thing, uh, now, this is a little bit of old news because this is when they did the preview. Uh, so, mm. first bit, Beasts of Chaos and Glue Spike Gits are getting new books. Uh, Dan, kick me off. How do you feel about these two guys getting new books? Uh, both very exciting. Um, Beasts of Chaos are just a fun army. I, I'm excited for them to maybe hopefully get a little bit more of their own feel and theme like they've i they've been some interesting things but i've i've i don't know i'm excited for them and gloomswipe gets i just you know like the the what skaven kind of used to be where it was madness and insanity and truly it was like 50 50 you know like the the gisales might pop you in the head but they might blow up and kill themselves like there there was more randomness and insanity to skaven that's what i love about the gloom bite books so i'm very excited to see it where it's like hey he takes a mushroom maybe he turns into a swirling death machine or maybe he just rolls onto his back vomits and pees himself and then just sits there staring at the sky like i'm i'm excited for hopefully randomness and and absurdity because i don't think anyone playing gits should be if they're playing for structured reliability 
Okay, no, that's fair. That's I think that's a super fair point. Uh, James, how do you feel about uh, Beast Chaos and Gloosewhite Gits on the horizon? You're a Beast uh, Chaos fan, I think. Yeah, that's one of the armies I have left. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I'd like to see a Beast of Chaos army that isn't Dragon Ogres. Yes. Like, I'd like to see an army of goats. Like, not Zangors, none of them, none of them running around, like actual goats having a great day out. And, and like, maybe more narrative than it's been, because obviously they're like a bestial herd, so it'd be cool to see that kind of, like, craziness come from it. Mm. Um, but what I'd like to see more than anything, I think, is, like, the beast... What's his name? The little hero lad. Beast, beast warrior? Beast lord. Like, mm. can he be a lord? Or can we just call him slightly better Bestigor? Because... He's been rubbish mm. yes. since the last two books, I think. Last I think book? actually you raise a really good point. Oh, oh. I think you raise a really good point, James, actually. Sorry, I just naturally pressed the wrong button there. Uh, I think you raise a really good point. One of the things that um, uh, we've, we lack a lot in Age of in my personal opinion, and I don't know about anyone else in the chat thinks, but we miss like that duelist character. Like a vampire mm. lord is really just a grave guard with a couple of extra attacks. Like, you know, a Beast Lord, as, as James pointed out, is not even as good as probably a Chosen is. Mm. Like, one Chosen from, like, Slaves to Darkness. So, like, yeah. it's um, it's not the... They're not... The Lords are not really that great, but that's also true. Well, yeah, like, it's there's that interesting thing, right, where they have that, like, title. And if we ignore real life, like, if you go, like, medieval, I guess, like... Mm. a lord was like a person who commanded an army and blah 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 and maybe they weren't that fighty but they probably did a bunch of uh jousting and such it'd be like and and in a in a hero-y gamey fantasy world normally they're like a person of renown mm. and i always think like every time i ever would get that book out like the Beast Lord model, albeit old, he's still kind of cool. Like, he's kind of mm. stood on them rocks. He's, I know he's a fine cast boy, but, like, he's got them twin axes. He's kind of on a uh, on a stone. His hair looks like it's a fur, whatever. Looks like it's blowing in the wind. And then you, you like, read his war scroll, and you're like, oh, he literally, all he wants to do is duff up heroes. Like, he gets a buff if he duffs up heroes. Maybe not anymore. Or soon. Mm. Like, if he ducks up a hero, like, he screams and everyone fights better. And then you're like, oh, how's he killing a hero? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like it'd be, it would be nice to just see them, like, slap. And I, he doesn't even have to have a good defense. Just let him slap. Be like, how many, what does this guy do? Like, fights, fights a unit, five attacks, rubbish. Fights a hero, 50 dice. Three threes minus one, but there's just yeah. a million of them. It's yeah. it's like a like uh, in the chat, uh, Mr. Barry talking about the old school blender foot vampires, and even even if you you think about uh, fleshy to courts, the abhorrent arch region wasn't necessarily a super blender in combat, but had a, a decent number of attacks and could chunk was a good caster and had a great summoning ability. So was a foot hero that with like, that was strong, you know, like everyone took it for that summoning for that, like, like little push for the magic. And so it's like, well, yeah, like there's a, there is an example of a foot hero that is 
really, really cool, like like a cool foot, usable foot hero. And when you see the Beast Lords from the last little while, there is no reason to use them really because they're not great. You know, like there's they don't excel anywhere that something else doesn't excel at better than them. So I'm not saying that every foot hero needs to absolutely carve up. But when you go, it's a Beast Lord, and you're like, okay, so his one thing is combat. And then you're like, how is he in combat? And you're like, I mean, like, he's kind of as good as Core from some other armies. You're like, oh, rad. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, I, like, yeah, I agree. I've, uh, so, James, really nice point about the Beast Lord. And I think that's actually true in many of these uh, battle tomes. I think it's one of the things that they've done a really, really poor job of expressing in Age of Sigmar as a rule set. Like, even then, I was just thinking, I love the idea of maybe, like, um, you know, at the end of the combat phase, if one of the lords is slain on a two plus, they come back to life on D three wounds because they're they're a lord. Like it's their like last rally, mm. you know. And that could just be a generic rule for like insert slash lord character. I'm not talking about Lariel. I'm not talking about Archeon. I'm just talking about a Chiffin Beast Lord, or even uh, mm. could I interest you in a like a you know a Grot Lord or something? It's just a little bit. They just don't do a particularly good job, in my opinion, of doing those, especially, as James says, especially Dan says, sorry, melee-based characters, because, like, they either give them some sort of, like, buff, and you do not want it to be, like, 40k. 40k is the worst example, where they're like, uh, are you a lord? Uh, everything in six inches gets reroll once to hit. <laughs> and you're, like, copy-paste across the entire of the game <laughs> system. Embarrassing. Um, and, and the worst. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, there's loads of characters that could really do with it. Maybe maybe uh, I'll be traveling back next Monday, so next Monday's show won't be on either. But maybe the Monday after, uh, we could maybe try and uh, like talk through some of those characters because that would be really fun. Um, uh, I really like that, yeah. So Jacob in the chat is pointing out some ones that he thinks are good ones. Grimrath, Sigvald, Gotrek, Light of Altharian, Megaboss on foot. Um, are all kind of like very fighty foot characters. But the rest of them are a bit like... And there maybe there's some others that stand out as well, but sure. All right, cool. So there are two new battle tomes. First thing to look at, I guess, um, is that the Gloomspite Kits cover is the same artwork on the front. Mm. Um, I'm very excited about both books. I think both books are actually really interesting because they're both very, very, very old books that are quite different and also quite similar. Mm. They've got this really nice thing that they have along with Skaven. If you take uh, OCR Bone Reapers, OCR Bone Reapers is a very complete book, if you know what I mean. Mm. Uh, and what I mean by that is, is like they've got a catapult, cavalry, infantry, elite units, hero, wizard, on-foot character, monster dude. You're done. We got all mm. your boys. Whereas Gits is like, you got your trogs, you got your spiders, you got your Gits, and then you've gone and got um, uh, like your, your squigs. And they're they're different enough that you could also they could almost be four books themselves. And they definitely like Skaven and like Beastmen to a degree. They mm. could be their own little factions inside of a thing. Uh, but in the last version of Age Sigmar, they didn't get any sub faction rules and they didn't get anything like that. So I'm. I'm quite nervous about the Gloomspite Kits book because I'm really hoping that they, they've spent loads of time thinking mm -hmm. about all the different sub-factions, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then we Just to give it flavor, like I think that's one of the things I miss is that some books hit it and some books just totally shit the bed. The sub-factions creating flavor inside of army list design. 
You know, like remember what you used to see, like depending on the sub faction, like very much swung what you saw in the army. Now sub factions are more in some books are literally just, oh, what are the best additional buffs I can give my units? Like what's like rather than than, you know, like being like they remember the first piece of chaos book where it was like you had the slanesh thing and it was this and it pushed them all in one direction or the zinch and it pushed them. I'd really like to see sub factions across the board, like nailing that. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. And then similarly with Beast of Chaos, you've got War Herds. Then you've got then you so you've got the you've got your goats, your regular low level goats, mm. um, up to and then you've got your big minotaurs in the you know in the big mm-hmm. uh, the bull gore and everything else. And you almost they're almost two separate factions. So we were discussing uh, that there's new, two new books uh, on the horizon is where we were, what we we're discussing and hopefully that they, they do good service to both those two books but actually I guess that kind of brings us on to the main topic of today's show effectively um, and what we what I really wanted to talk about and what I really wanted to talk about was our battle tomes and in fact our books from Games Workshop worth it and I guess there's like we could do an old uh, uh, what do you mean by R what do you mean by battle tomes or books what do you mean by worth and what do you mean by it but we're not doing that yeah <laughs> we're not going that deep into it <laughs> what do you it. mean I want to know what you mean by it yes yeah. it <laughs> is important to yeah. me how dare you not expose the secrets of it <laughs> yes the, uh, the the real question is um, are, are you know are the books that we buy from Games Workshop worth it and actually that's kind of kind of the, the main point I reckon Age Sigma 3 has been one of the better versions, um, one of the better versions of Age Sigma that we've had so far. But I would say the very worst thing that we've had from Age Sigma has been the books. I think that they've been low to poor quality and also uh, that they've had, like, it feels like not that much effort put into them. That isn't to say that I haven't enjoyed what, what many of the books are. But when mm. they're sold at the high price point, and I guess I, I guess by worth, I'm talking about the money that we pay for them because we're able mm. to get them quite cheaply because they're readily available online uh, for free. But they are not. Um, uh, they, you know, if we buy them from Games Workshop, so I wanted to kind of have a conversation about it, uh, like before we did anything else. James, what do you think mm. about uh, the battle tomes uh, specifically? Start there. Uh, I, well, I think like. My first key point, which I've made uh, for God knows how long now, is that it still irates me that there is no digital option. It's fair. Mm. Uh, And that's just personally that I would prefer a digital option. So uh, pre this edition, if I wanted a book, I basically got to the point of just buying the digital ones, the handbooks before this one. I had them all digital Mm. in the end. Um, And I think one of my, my biggest complaints since this edition or that it is this edition right that the change went back to physical books only um is that like that's one of my core complaints like i don't want a physical book because i don't want to own a physical book anymore especially when i know it's going in the bin at some Mm. point i don't collect them i don't save them i find the narrative is pretty much the same from one book to the next um like the narrative hasn't changed in my opinion enough like it did in old fantasy days for me to give a damn about buying a new mm-hmm. book for the narrative um i guess like there's an interesting flex for me and 
Rob alluded to it earlier, but I, like I'll play a lot of other game systems and computer games. And so I have this weird rule. So if I'm buying a computer game, because I guess that's easier to timestamp, um, that what I'll normally do is look at a game's price. So let's say for ease, it's 30 quid because that's the price we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And normally what I'll look at is it, if I'm looking at a game, I'm like, is this good enough? Like, is is this game going to give me probably 30 hours of play? Mm-hmm. Which means for every pound I spend, I get an hour out of it. Um, and so that's how I'll normally look at that if I'm buying a computer game. And there's occasions where I'm like, I really want this. It doesn't matter. And I'm sure, like, in Age of Sigma, that would happen where someone would be like, oh, I absolutely love Flesh Eater Courts and buying the book, whatever, but might then be like, oh, I'd like to start a Skaven army. Can I be bothered to buy this book? Am I going to play the army enough? And I guess, like, it's a a weird relative thing. Mm. But for me, like, when I buy things, I get a bit as an adult, you, like, I will, like, cost ratio it in my head and mm. i'm like do i get for 30 quid do i get 30 hours out if it's close does it matter no if i really enjoy it does it matter yeah and okay. all of those are well Karen. yeah no they're all really solid points i think i'd like to expand into each one of those as we go through them because mm, yeah. i think like initially like the financial value is uh, is a super fair point to like to, to i think we can break all of these down into individual elements because i think like while i think this conversation isn't going to affect or change sales in any way shape or form a lot of the conversation is around like a cultural thing that we all take mm. part in and actually like um what we spend our money on, I think none of us are likely to spend any less money on the hobby that we enjoy and love. And I'm not advocating for that. I just think that maybe there might be smarter ways to spend your money. And also maybe uh, maybe I've got the wrong end of the stick because I think there's some interesting kind of points to be made as well on that. Dan, first off, like, what are your first thoughts hmm. on this subject? Uh, my first thoughts is to compare it to gaming, right? So this, like, like, let me compare get this to like video gaming, right? Uh, I'll throw it to the chat. How many people still buy hard copies of the video games they buy? Like how many people go into a store, buy a disc, put it in and install? Because I would say that we are now at a point where most people, like the majority, and when I say the majority, I mean 51% or more, buy their stuff through Steam, through Epic Game Store, through online, um, because it's a better way to possess them. Uh, uh, right there in the chat, like, like you spend your money on games so that they exist on Steam, they exist on your whatever, so you have them no matter what. Uh, I personally, I love it. Um, I love like having like all of the additions and things like that. It was great, but it's just not practical. And the thing is, look at how many, if anyone on in the chat who has Steam, I bet if you go to your Steam right now and go through, there is just lists of games that you have never played, but you just bought on a whim or you bought, you played for a little while and you're James like, oh, I'll get back to it. Oh, I'll play that. Uh, <laughs> My Steam library is over a thousand. What? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Um, anyway, but my point being, right, that you buy them because they're there and you want to have them and you're like, well, I have this in my thing. When there were digital books, every time a book came out, I bought it. I just bought it and I had it because I didn't even need to think about it, right? Like it was just easy. Now when physical books come out, I'm literally like, ah, I don't need it. Like I, instead of buying every single digital book, I buy maybe one to two books in addition, um, 
And I and like yes, obviously, like like as Rogvere is saying, like Steam has sales and things like that as well, which obviously helps. But I just think that that the more you get away from digital, I think you're actually the more you're going to start hamstringing the amount of money you can make. Because yeah, I just think it doesn't work as good. Even if they offered it inside of their own app, as much as that would be frustrating that it would be like locked to their own device, if I could buy them and possess them, I would in a heartbeat because I'd much rather have them digitally than than a uh, hundred physical copy books. Okay, so interesting you both brought up like uh, like the physical versus digital conversation. I think that's really like like a really salient point, um, and 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 I think what's interesting is like the, the immediate conversation is that they seem more worth it to both of you if they're digitally available and like able to be like digitally like uh, accessed. It's quite an interesting point because I guess in some ways you're like really paying for the utility of those digital like uses, right? Like that's that's one of the mm. things that you both discuss in. I'm going to read what some of the people in the chat have said and then we'll start breaking them down into elements, right? Um, Charles the Dead Lizard thinks that Laura the current uh, books is a joke. The rule updates should be actually free and feel like uh, a damn money make milking practice. Or mm-hmm. this hardcover premium uh, um, is nuts. People are going to trash the books next edition anyway. I think that's a great point. Like, mm. I like, I like, I, and we should talk about that. We should, before we talk about anything else, we should talk about limited edition books. I get mm. that we all want limited edition books because you, you almost want to be. I'm the biggest stand for this faction. I think that's the feeling I get when I yeah. think I want the digital book, not the digital book, sorry, the premium book. I want to be like, I'm so this faction, I've got the the fancy cover of mm-hmm. the book. But it doesn't even include different story or art mm. or rules. like Or a model. Or just a, a cover. It's just it's a just cover. a different cover. Like, but I get the feeling. I no, sh- there's a bookmark, isn't there? Is there? Isn't there like that cloth bookmark? Or is that gone? I don't think so. I think that's gone. Oh. <laughs> and they're like, it's a, and the the advertising is okay. So there's two things I want to put out there. One of which really fucking upsets me. The first one doesn't upset me too much, but they're always like, it's a soft touch cover. And I'm like, who, why? Why does the, the, the physical touch cover of your book mean anything? I would, I would the, never I would never touch a hard touch cover book, Dan. Are you out of your damn true. mind? As soon as but, I get a book, if it's a hard touch cover book, I cover it in carpet. Now, I have one other like major thing that, and Games Workshop is as guilty of this as anything anything else right uh, as many other companies but the word bespoke <laughs> is not to be used by companies mass producing products you don't get to say it is a bespoke soft touch cover it is a bespoke rule set fuck right off everybody send dictionaries to games workshop like just take a dictionary on it or just buy it on amazon and put games workshop as the delivery address and then like ask if they can just highlight the fucking word bespoke when they send it none of the things you make are bespoke <laughs> Not uh, well, yeah, like it, it's what is bespoke might be someone's custom paint job but the book that book is not bespoke that book is poke it is it is borbes or whatever part of that word is the opposite of what that word. <laughs> ah, 
all yeah mail them dictionaries everybody send them a fucking dictionary because that's what uh, uh, i've moved off of my upset of just as x as ever like just as deadly as ever just as angry as ever just as poisonous as that whatever the fuck i've moved off that now i hate bespoke fuck off bespoke okay yeah well bespoke answer dan appreciate it uh love that um i think uh, where we were at before this though is that like the premium books feel insane the latest slaves to darkness book did have a bookmark apparently so that's great news for bookmark fans uh out there uh uh, like i'm sure go on james sorry just just like a weird question right yeah And, and this probably more to the chat because i feel like us talking about our limited edition copies of books is probably a miss other than I did have the original Lumineth one. Cause well, that's what Lumineth I wanted books. to ask you about. You have the original Lumineth Realmworlds one. And since then, well, they've I had, don't anymore. They've, oh, of course they've had three new books. Yeah. Like three. <laughs> so like, how do you feel like, like having bought into that initially? It's such a weird one, right? Cause, cause, because now what they seem to do is be like, here's a limited edition book, but it comes with a load of stuff. Mm. Right, okay. Like, it doesn't, it's, it's not box. on its own. It's in a box of stuff. But the box of stuff is cheaper than what you would pay for the box of stuff. And, mm. for a little bit, it's the only way you get the stuff. Yeah. Um, which is almost like weird loot box, but you know what mm. you get. Yes, um, that's true. It's, it is like the loot box but you know what's in it, but it's kind of cheaper, but you know, probably don't want all of it. And weirdly, like I've not been playing at all recently, but like I'm in Twitter. But you are playing in December, but I am playing in December. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I think interestingly for me, like I have seen a lot of like, um, on various platforms, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Oh, here's, some imperial, um, yeah, some imperial guard and some cards and some dice. Didn't want the other stuff. Oh, here's the imperial guard book and cards. De- only wanted the models. And I'm like, so what we're doing is this weird secondhand resellers market because you wanted toys but not the book, and then we're selling someone the book at, at like RRP, but it's got a soft cover, like. The the there's like weird contingencies to like those books now and how they sell them and I think maybe they realised that telling us they were bespoke exciting books wasn't the only way to sell them and and doing what they do with single models where they're like buy this box it's cheaper but it's not cheaper because everything cost us fifty p and we invalidate the rules quite quick but but you are selling like a bigger product yeah um, okay. Like there's a weird there's a weird flex to those limited books. You get nothing mm. but a cover. And where I wanted to go with this originally, I've gone on a weird tangent. Is like even when I had the Lumineth one, the couple of times that I used it, and other people in the chat might be different. But I got the limited edition book, and I tossed it in my bag that I'd toss any book that I was using. And I went to an event, and it rattled around along with my dice and my measures and my tape measure and whatever else and then i got to the event and i got it out and i folded it on the two pages i needed and then i finished that game and i tossed it back in my bag and like i didn't treat it mm. any better because it's not it's really limited it's a book i need so i've got to take it yeah and if i'm not taking it i'm photocopying the pages or taking a photo on my phone or 
acquiring a PDF to take to events, and that seems pointless because I've bought a book, which I then leave at home. So, like, I'm taking this book to events. So I've either got to buy two books, limited and standard, or Mm. use the book. And really, do I think that book is ever going to hold value? And maybe, because I'm very sorry, chat, and all Warhammer fans, but Warhammer is a weird, obsessive hobby sometimes. No, it's, that's, it's, it. it's super fair. Like it's super fair. Like, like like there's a lot. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of people like who like I mean the the gr- group of people who we are not talking about are people who are book collectors. If you're like I'm a book collector, guess what? This conversation is not about you. And mm. stop listening because you're a book collector. Listen to a book show. Or, or yeah? no, listen to this and just sit there being like <laughs> those filthy gaming plebs. <laughs> uh, like because you just get to hear about our pain. Yeah, okay. But like what I also don't want the conversation to be if possible is kind of like uh, an attack on business practice or anything else. I mainly just want to talk about like what's in it, right? And what's around it and for us as 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 players. So like um uh, for book collectors they're just going to buy the books. It doesn't matter. Just ignore them. They're forever. Um, like they're, they're nothing. And James, your point about it being like a limited edition book that you then don't treat well is kind of true as well. But also, it's a fairly impractical thing to lug around in addition to an army. My personal, was, especially opinion. especially when like arguably you should be taking a rule book, a general's handbook. Now the the freaking battle whatever for that that season and then your army book. Like you need to bring a small library with yourself and like look at the success of of a bunch of other games and things like that and 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 companies like Amazon that just went, we're gonna make things accessible and easy. And people went, I would like you to have my money. Like ease has value. Uh, and so, like, if you said, hey, here's all your books and they're digital and they're on your phone, so you don't need to take eight kilograms of book every time you want to play a game, people would be like, have my money, I would like that. So, so follow-up question uh, really quickly for the chat and for you two. Would you, uh, would you purchase a book if it was, like, A5-sized? So the ones we currently buy are A4, so we're talking about about a quarter of the size, and especially if it wasn't hardback, if it was, like, a softback. You know, just imagine the size. Size of like a novel book. So is that General's Handbook? The smaller. That's pretty small. smaller. Mm. Okay. But like a General's uh, Handbook or smaller, would you pick that up? Yeah, I, I I would, but also if it was just game. You know, like like split battle tomes into two books. Give me a little rules like like handouty thing with a PDF code. And then have a big law book or something like that. But ultimately, I would rather have my stuff digital. Okay, James, what about you? Yeah, I think I'm probably with, like, I don't want a book. Like, like I spend a lot of my life, like, doing stuff, like, probably as an adult and as a person who likes to try and be socially conscious. Like, you, I do a load of stuff, like, weirdly, like an adult, like, recycling and, like, not in my current job, but in my former job, like I helped run an eco thing that where we like went and dredged canals and it was physically disgusting. And I think then being in a hobby that I know gets talked about a lot and you're like, well, there's a lot of plastic waste to then be like, oh, also now I'm going to go and buy a book. Like let's ignore all of the cost implications, Mm. but I'm buying something that I know is either having to be recycled or go to landfill based on 
whatever mm. it's made out of. And actually, like the core message for anyone that's going to like recycle or whatever is like, if you don't need it, don't don't do it. So when when it was digital, I never even questioned it. I was like, do I like this more or less? Well, it like fine either way like i preferred the digital long term but when i first ported over it probably not but actually for me it was like short term do i want to buy something that i know is going in the bin no mm. so I, I i think if there was a smaller book option i would prefer it to a big book just mm. for carrying and for my back if i went to an event but if um but again, if there was a digital option, I would opt for digital over physical. Okay. Person. All right. Interesting. This become like uh, the kind of main points for you guys. But yeah, like mm. so. Okay. Um. So you guys talked about kind of like the value of the it being something digital. We've also talked about the the front covers. Uh. So one of the things that's actually also true, uh, is that they've at least copy and pasted one bit of artwork for the front cover. So if you're a book collector, then you would even be in this place where you're like, oh, it's even the same front cover. Like, what the hell? This is a bit awkward for me. Thanks, Colaroo, uh, for resubscribing. There's some really good points being made in the chat as well. I'd like to read out if you don't mind specifically mm. from Winlaw uh, and one of those things was that he's really new to the hobby so he's excited about picking up a new book um, uh, like really excited about picking up a new book I'm trying to find the comment right now but he was basically like I'm new I like picking up the new the, the new books uh, because like it's just really exciting for me because I don't really know what's mm. in it so let's kind of leave um, let's leave the conversation about being digital or not digital to the side for mm. a moment and let's more just discuss the content because I think that that's one of those things that's really important because over like James uh, a good example would be the Lumineth Realm Lords book um, versus the Gits book it's been nearly four years since we had a Gits updated book or three years mm. uh, since I've updated Gits book you would assume uh, and we know there are a few new minis as well while there are new rules which is really fun you would assume that we're going to get some brand new lore Okay, mm. uh, and then we're also going to get maybe some new artwork and some pictures, and then we're going to get the rules. So, mm. I guess those are all. And there, are, there's also and like so. Let's just be clear about what is in a battle tome. I think that's a nice thing to kind of set us up with. You mm. have the law, like the whole history of the faction, but you don't have things like designers' notes. You don't have like yeah. uh, like background writers discussing why they created something that way or maybe where there are nods to something in the future. We then get like artwork, but again, we don't really get any discussion about, uh, there's no like interviews with artists or anything like that about what the art might represent or what it's meant to show. Uh, there's not even like a breakdown in those pages of what those things are. Uh, then we have um, like narrative campaign section, like a rule section. So we have the narrative campaign rules and we also have uh, the like match play rules and obviously they coalesce together in a lot of ways because you can't actually play the narrative campaign without the kind of war scrolls and other bits which you need for match play. Uh, so they're in there as well. And then sometimes you have like painting guides um, mm. and, and other things in. So the things you do miss are generally kind of like behind the scenes stuff. Uh, like, which is kind of uh, one of those interesting uh, things. Um, but I would, I well, would say though to jump in there that from from when I started playing to now, they are much more an army book. Like it's more law and rules, and a lot of that hobby element, like the design. Like they used, to, I remember like books used to have. A, it wasn't just a few pages of painting examples of the different factions, you know, sub factions within a book. It was pages of full-on like i'm even thinking like the original ko book back then they still had full painting guides step by step through painting models and things like that um 
there was even like pages where they'd have uh, you know a few basic conversions that you could do inside of the kits that are in there. Like it was things like that, and I absolutely do miss that. Um, like I miss that that element where it used to be. And but that's everyone's different. That's an, a personal opinion thing, though. That's not me being like they're worse because I know some people are like I like that I have my game book and I can go elsewhere for the other stuff. But I really the hobby element of the hobby has isn't so much in those books anymore, which I do miss. And the other thing I just want to jump on while people are talking about the codes, the codes don't give you a code for a digital PDF. You can't then like I've if I've got the code for This is when you buy my, the physical book. You get a code for Yeah, the yeah. You get a code, but like the like for example, the squats, the the leagues of Votan. When I put that code in, it doesn't give me a PDF of the book I can take with me. It just unlocks me my ability to use to view all the rules in the app when I'm building an army. It doesn't like I can't then scroll through a PDF of that somewhere. Just to be super clear about what those codes are. Yeah. Um, some, uh, yeah. Oh, go on, uh, well, I had a thought, and then Carnivorous Kang in the uh, chat made me think about it even more. So I was thinking, so when I was a kid, I got in, in High Elf vs. Goblins, yeah. which is, I think, fourth edition? Third edition. Mm. As a youth. And I was pretty young. Um, and one of the things I remember, like, um, adamantly, throughout my entire life is that in that box set was a battle beastry. So okay, remember cool, that yeah. And it had a griffin on the front. So so in my box, there wasn't like, there was some like rules for the goblins, if memory serves me right, and some rules for the elves and like a core rule book. But then there was a battle beastry, which was like a big book. I think it was blue with a uh, an old high fantasy griffin picture on. And then mm. it basically was just a book filled with like, all of the monsters in the world so it'd be like mm. here's a griffin here's a picture of the griffin this is what a griffin is this is what a griffin does in the game like it was like not even rules like it mm. wasn't like their war scroll it was just like all this cool narrative about a world that i knew nothing about as a kid and i remember like throughout my life i would oh there we go there it was it is. released uh, james just so you know in 1992 mm. the cover artist Ooh. was mark gibbons uh, and I did unfortunately just lose. Uh, there you go. Yeah, uh, it was done. It was the fourth edition cover. Is that what you're there talking you about? Yeah, please I was continue. in. I own it. It's still in my loft. Oh, really? And occasionally, like over the years, probably not in a several, but I would like get it out and nose because it's super cool. And it's probably mm. not even worth anything. So if you see one at a car boot, just have a nose, pick it up. Like it was so good. You'd read it and mm. tell you about the monsters. And it's like, I don't know couple a hundred pages maybe but it was super cool and super narrative and so then like yeah it had in oh. it just so you know the contents it was about the warhammer world the threat of chaos the yep. map of the old world men dwarfs trolls high elves halflings orcs and goblins chaos dragons dark elves giant oh, skaven yeah. ogres undead monsters wood elves index and then a profile summary just so you know yeah yeah so there you go so it was like a core book for everything but it gave you some narrative some rules some lore like super amazing and as a kid i remember like being enthralled by it because i'd just like read it and then like two weeks later be like i could read that again like what was a griffin oh I'll go back um but but the army books at that point kind of were similar like i've mm. got i think most of the old dwarf ones for the various editions i played and the narrative had changed but and it was kind of as kang that trigger me like all the dwarf ones at the back had like every room this is what i was about to say yeah what, 
every rune men. And like, if I'm competitive, do I care? Probably not. But like, that's cool. Can I just can I just point out? Can I just point out that like I think I think I've been trying desperately on the show for years, and I'd like it to be. I'd like us all to be really conscious as an audience, but also as creators, to just just never really identify competitive people as not being also in addition narrative people. Mm. There's a lot of people on the internet who generally tend to like put people in a camp, but they're like, that's all you are. Like, and I just don't mm. think that's true. Like, I, I like I, very much. I like winning at tournaments, James, and I like playing my armies really hard. But I also thought the runes were cool, very much. Like oh you yeah, did. sorry. Yeah, no, so I guess it's not, I... no, it's not you. I just think it's always really good to just always expand on the point whenever we get the opportunity to. Yeah. As creators. Yeah. So I guess mm. my point is like, if you're not interested, that's dead weight, right? And yeah. you don't need it. But if you are, then it was like just super cool. Mm. And I, and I remember like even as a kid when I probably painted like absolute hot garbage, like trying to freehand paint like i don't know the rune of armor on shields mm. horrifically but like that's cool to have and then years later like i pick those models back up and be like what the hell is that yeah. and then find a book and be like oh it was this because i knew this existed because of this some um, kind sometimes a couple of those runes are so fucking rad you get them tattooed on your arm there so, you go there you we know, go like yes but i but i think like lots of Lots. I feel like ever since we've had Age of Sigmar, the the narrative has struggled to keep the pace of the game, as well think- as the narrative developed in Warhammer Fantasy. And maybe it's because I've paid less attention to it, but it is also maybe because I feel the the characters are like named characters are less maybe. So mm, I got a question. I got a question for the chat. Uh, just picking up my Maggotkin of Nurgle book. So just just to give you some sort of indication of what we might be discussing a little bit, and I think James is on the money in a lot of ways. So this is my Maggotkin of Nurgle book. It's 104 pages. Okay, it's 104 pages, and the rules start at the rules start at page 58. Okay, so half of this book straight off of the bat is rules. Half. Okay, and then there's a little bit of a painting guide for two pages, and then just some literal pictures of the units which you could buy, which honestly I feel is page filler, but like, you know, maybe. So, like, if we skip past those pages, pictures of units, which is just pictures of units, and we start at 39. There are there are forty pages and there's obviously some double spreads of like mm-hmm. uh, rules as well. The the rule the narrative really starts on page four. And then there's a bunch of pictures, and it ends on page 39. Okay? So it's not a lot. I mean, the Magikin Nurgle book isn't a particularly, Mm. like, heady roster anyway, as an example. But I feel like what we're discussing now is that... Those painting guide pages, though... Yeah. What do they they actually say? Like, what, what, what constitutes two pages of painting guide? Oh, okay. That's a great question, actually. Uh, having never looked at it in my life up until now. But and and the thing is, though, for many people that doesn't matter. But I, I mean, I'd actually genuinely be interested. There's, there's a oh, good so chunk it's, of people. It's, in... it's how to paint rust in one section, how to do green skin in another, how to do gray skin, how to do details, I guess. 
plague swords mm. and armor. But Games Workshop do do a great job of doing either two versions. Like for painting, mm. they do have two like ways of accessing their universe, right? They have YouTube mm. videos or Facebook videos for painting tutorials, and they also have Warhammer Plus for more advanced stuff. Yeah. So they do like you don't necessarily need that to be included in here because they no. have different vehicles for producing that information for you, which I think um, I think like are better but my point is i guess a question off james's point because this is really a conversation is uh, like is there value here is do you ever feel inspired by the new battle tomes do you think that the 40 pages of lore here is is it inspirational as maybe warhammer fantasy battle like kind of codexes as they were back in the day i feel like what they don't do is universe build as well as they could i think they universe build a bit but they don't universe mm. build loads. I honestly don't think they universe build at all anymore. Or mm. almost none. And like, I was always a big Go Trek fan. So mm. old world to new world. And I've had or listened to, because I think I audio booked them all actually, the new ones. Like, I think they're incredible. And I really enjoyed all of them. Really well written, really well read. Big fan. And I have read some of the other stuff, and I think it's really good. Like, I even had the Cursed City book, and I thought that was pretty good, to be fair. Mm. Um, but I have every Stormcast book. So uh, the first one, the Dracoth one, the second one, the third one, the fourth one. I think that's where we're at. Four Stormcast books with the Dracoth one. Uh, maybe five. Five. maybe Maybe five. Whatever. Mm. I have them all. But I think, like, really interestingly, right, for me... The actual main narrative has not hugely changed. It was mm. kind of like, oh, lads from heaven, come down. The second one was like, oh, lads from heaven, souls kind of getting corrupted. Starts mm. to get a kind of cooler. Bit about it. Third book, oh, kind of souls are getting corrupted, but now there's these new lads and they got some new armor. Oh, and do you remember that Celestine Prime who's welding... Gamoras, well, nothing's really changed with him. He's still the same. But there's also now this other huge guy mm. who's like an absolute badass. His name's Bastian Cathalos, and he's in charge of the faction that you thought someone else was in charge of. But we haven't really explained why he's in charge of it. He's just here now. Oh, and there's this girl that's a super hunter. She's really cool. All the monsters are scared of her. She brings guys back to life. She's really cool. How much narrative do you need on her? We'll give you a paragraph. Here's the rules. Mm. And like, when that came out, I was like, I love that model. Like I mm. and Drasta, sorry for anyone that doesn't know. I think that model's super cool. I love the Bastion Catholos model. I think that's super cool. But my whole attachment to them and the entire world and their army and their narrative is in a thirty-pound book that is probably narratively seventy-five percent reprint, and for them, mm. maybe three paragraphs. That's like, here's a super amazing character that's so important you can have one of them and we gave them a name. Hmm. Yeah, I think how well, much do you want to know about him? Here's and I, I think I, can I can I just can I just make a point here yeah. before we move any further? Like, so if you go onto YouTube and you type in 40k, yeah, Bosch, get ready, you're about to be gut punched by 40k law videos. You're about hmm. to be taken out to the cleaners and having your head kicked in by like just a swath of lads who are like do you want to know about 40k like and they're going to tell you and they're going to go into intense detail and that's because sure it's built on 30 years worth of background mm. way broader than age of sigma i grant mm. you 
But it doesn't feel like a good example would be like I've just started to get into Necromunda. Don't talk about it. Um, and uh, and like it, feel, it. it feels like that there's like an almost imperceptibly deep amount of lore when it comes to this side game that is Necromunda, which is effectively mm. one city. Yeah. On one planet. On yeah. one planet in this mega universe. Like, I really feel like, like James points out, the main faction doesn't even still to this point have like this kind of like real like conversation about what's going on with the law. And they just forget mm. about stuff. Like they were like the Sacrosanct Chamber. You're like, amazing. That was, a, that was by the way, Age of Sigmar 2 Stormcast. And yeah. then they did new Stormcast and they were like, literally don't talk about the Sacrosanct Chamber. Ever again. Doesn't yeah. matter. Sacrosanct. The Sacrosanct Chamber were literally made by Sigmar because their souls were dying every time they were reborn. Yeah. What are they doing now? Yeah, they're still right. doing that? Yeah. Are they yeah, busy? Yeah. Is that no, why they're they, they, they got, this book? They got, they got new armor, and I love the idea that it's like, did they? Did you just put liberators in new armor? It's like, no, nah, these are new guys. You're like, what? You did what anyway? But I just, I just super quickly wanted to jump because there's a couple of people in the chat who, who said like put in things that for me really keyed into what I think is missing from a lot of of battle tomes these days. And correct me if I'm wrong, uh, if if anyone's there. Um, uh, Wiggles said uh, they were inspired by the first edition KO book to do Barak Mornar even though the examples weren't legal match play. I remember that as well because they'd have little off stories about all the different ones, and there was a great one from Morna, uh, uh, who I'll never be able to pronounce your name, uh, still wants to build a dwarf minor army after reading fiction about a fight between Ironbreakers and Globideers where the fight was in silence because everyone needed to hold their breath because there was so much gas in the tunnels. Um, I would say, like, for... And I think that's what I miss... Now I feel like so I'm going to compare it to Tyranids and uh, Tyranids and Votan. I know they're 40k, but they're the most recent books I've read cover to cover. Um, and while they have a lot of cool lore, those little asides and stories and battles and things like that, just the way those are written feels different to me because I I remember. And I think I, I'm guessing a lot of people would too. You'll read a little side something. It'll only be a few paragraphs, but that will inspire your idea. That'll inspire what you want to do. Um, and it used to be that it was just enough to whet your appetite to be like, oh, that excites me. That interests me. And then if you're flipping through the book and you're like, say you read a thing about Barak Mornar and you're like, that's really cool. Then you get to the section on Barak Mornar and you're like, huh. And then you see some painting stuff for him. You're being hit with a lot of ideas to inspire you to build, paint and play your army in one area. And I don't think you get hit by that as much anymore. Like, uh, and I know that people might, might, disagree in that but i just think i think there's less uh versatility there's less less expanse and it's more like very bang 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 uh here is the law here is the facts here is the data so you know and can appreciate it all but there's maybe a little bit less 
innovation in in new and ridiculous things okay um, so so like so yeah. also like let's talk about a couple of things here because number one i yeah. guess first question to the chat and also people who are watching the video from this point is do you think the law has got better or worse do you think the law is good enough or do you, would you like to see more for the money that you pay you're paying 30 pounds the thing is is about home is kind of a broad church right they're like mm. it's rules some of the money it's pictures some more of the money it's art some more of the money it's narrative campaign some of the money so you kind of get this kind of like i you may only want a bit of it but you got to pay for the whole package right it's bundled up together very much like the fomo boxes of what james was talking mm. about earlier but i guess if we're talking about just the law do we think that the law is enough for what it is my personal opinion that i think that it really should be truly expansive there should be like some big weird character dives but also why would you put the effort in when you'll know your, like, as an example, they're going to do the LRL book, but they know on the schedule that they're going to do four more in the next, or three more, whatever it is, in the next, like, year and a half. So why would you make a considerable effort to rewrite that every time? Like, as a mm. business, number one, because that's what they are, but also as a creator, if you're like, right, you know, chop and change, add a couple of cool stories to the Lumineth bit, change pages seven and 12, swap them around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and well, off, it's... off you go. So, my, sorry, just one quick, Dan. Mm. Um, they don't necessarily assign the resources is kind of my point. So, mm. like, I, and I'd like what I'd like to do is just say, like, that I think that they could be better. And what I'd like to leave the narrative section mm. of the kind of conversation on is that what I would love to see from Battle Tomes um, specifically Battle Tomes, is I would like to see crazy big books. Does anyone remember the End Times books? Mm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if like if you're new to Age of Sigmar and you don't remember, they produce these kind of five massive books for the End Times. Uh, or mm. if you if you would like to go and look up something called Tamra Khan or even Monstrous Arcanum, they were these Ooh. huge narrative, almost like D&D &D level like campaign, big, thick, crazy books. And they were jam-packed weren't they, Dan? Mm. They, like, they yeah. were jam-packed with stuff. With everything. Yeah. They, was, they, they tickled. And the best thing that they did, which is actually was perfectly put uh, by a couple of people in the chat, um, it, uh, Wiggles said, nowadays they say, Morna is pirates, where previously there'd be a big-ass story about Morna doing stuff and how they operate and do things. And you do still get some of that. But it, what what... End times was perfect for was show me, don't tell me. You know, like they don't, they didn't say, oh, I broke up with my partner and it was really sad. They actually show you the heartbreak of the breakup. You know, like they, they show you are in there witnessing, reading the story through the stories, through the lore, through the gameplay, through everything, rather than just being told, Marathi is angry and has done a magic. Yeah, so just to, just to be really clear, because uh, 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 guys brought it up in the chat, like we're having this conversation as if we don't actually know some information, but we do know that at, at the very maximum they have two to three law writers, and those mm. and their jobs is to do everything. You know, like the new mm. books coming out, they're going to add some little bits here and there. You know, there's a new uh, a, a new version of the game coming out, like because that'll mm. be twenty twenty. 
uh, four. Mm-hmm. That'll be they'll all be already be writing that. Probably there might be some expansion books. They'll already be writing that. So you know, there's a new faction or whatever. They might be writing that. There's new units. They'll be writing that. So that's a lot for two or three people mm. to be working through in a year. But that's again not on those as creators. My love to them and thanks for making stuff as good as you can. Mm. It's really on the business for, as resource like providers. But that's kind of a here or there. Like ultimately, I'm more talking about I... what I want from my hobby. And I would yeah. like, I want them to go deeper. If they were like, bump, this is a bestiary for Lumineth. Get fucking mm. super weird. Yeah, Oof. I would be, do you know what I mean? I'd be so into that. Oh, yeah. That would be wicked. Um, well, it's, Votan is a perfect example where they've got a blank slate to create law effectively from scratch. You know, they took some inspiration from some of the old stuff. Wonderful book. Truly, like, I, if, it, when you read, and that's what, if I had a wish list for Age of Sigma, that's what I'd want. I don't want new books. Give me a new race. Not not just elves from a different place. Give me an entirely new species, an entirely new race, or bring one back from the damned or the dead. Uh, because that book is a breath of fresh air. And I think that that when you see when they can just cut loose and be like, what about this? What about this? What about this? Uh it's awesome, and I'd really like to see that for Age of Sigma. Yeah, someone's just said, imagine because we've been we've been battling in the realm of Gur, right, for this this mm-hmm. GHB. Well, since Age of Sigma three started, why don't we mm. have a bestiary of Gur? Yeah, like that's a book you can sell me. That's a book I'll I'll whistle a hearty tune as I walk into a games mm. shop store and pick up a. Go on, James. Well, I just think, but you don't even need a like a bestiary of Gur, do you? You need like book of Gur. Like, what towns are there? What do the people look like? What do there they is, eat for food? There is a city on the back of a giant worm. And during the Age of Chaos, it was invaded by Skaven, who, when they were forced out of the city, get this, went into the worm. And so once a year, they have what they call, like I think it's like the blood hunt, where the worm grows and its scales open. So they send entire armies of men and dwarves and elves into the worm's flesh to hunt out the Skaven to try and stop them from killing the worm that their city lives on the back of. That is some spectacular lore that exists in one book. And it's like, and unless you, I think it, it only exists in the, um, uh, the, the, the spear grung book. Uh, I can't remember what it was called. Boys, anyway, boys, but- boys, I sound like we've sound, we sound like twats. Uh, Dan, I love that story by the way. Yeah. There was a bestiary for Thondia, yeah, or for for this area, but it was inside the Thondia box, which was the terrain and the Cronspine incarnate, and it cost £130. Okay, but what's in it? Well, none of us have it, so... Someone in the chat must have it. Yeah. Someone in the chat bought that box. Tell me what's in that bestiary. How many pages is it? The book was available separately. Oh my God, look at us. We've learned that there's some lore out there available. Oh my God, amazing. It's okay, 25 someone, pounds. Someone, is it you, good? Is it good? Um, Season of War Thondia? Is that the book? Season, I'm going to go buy it. I'm going to go buy it. 25 pounds. You can have my money. Let's go see it. Uh, product description. Um, uh, you're too busy printing cron spines. That's true. I was too busy printing cron spines. That's true. Uh, was it not a book for the box? I have the box, but not the book. <laughs> and it wasn't in the box. It wasn't in the 130 pound box. It wasn't in the box. It was a separate uh, book. Separate book. No. So it's 
Okay, Someone wait. Someone send me the book. There's there's a handful of, of pages of... So it is 132, 122 pages looking at the thing. Oh, my um, God. Amazing. Okay, all right, we're in. There's... Born law. The, no. Or, or is it is it the Seasons of War Thundia? Yes. Yes. So basically half... Uh, up to page 36 is is law... And then it's rules from 52 onwards by the looks of things. Oh, my God. So exciting. Okay, great. All right. Okay. Love this. Okay, great. So Path to Glory Wait, Battle Pack. Wait, hold on. It's only 30 pages of law. Yeah. That's a lot of money for 30 pages, isn't it? And then That's a lot of War Scroll Battalions, Battle Plans... Grand strategies, battle tactics, battle plan, battle plan, battle plan, battle plan, battle plan. Okay, all right. That's, that's I might I might whistle less because thirty five pounds for twenty five pounds for thirty pages is probably not going to get me. If I'm honest, ah, do you just... remember that someone asked about mating rituals? That was a good point of lockdown. <laughs> mating rituals. Bring that back. Of the what was it? The it was a, a corn beastie, I believe. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. Anyway. All right. So let's talk about um uh like pucker up. I'm not doing it. I'm not. I'm not. Like if it was a whole law book, but I'm not buying the the book no one even knew existed until five minutes ago. Book. Yeah. I'm not. Doing Apparently, it. people knew. That's even more embarrassing. How did these people know? What that this existed? It's I think because they some own... people, some people bought a hundred and thirty pound terrain box for a broken model, is what I think you'll find they did. Because I'll tell you what happened: they picked it up, they read the thirty pages of law once, they either didn't read the rules never or they don't the care law. about it, they never or they read skipped it. through the rules to figure out what they needed to to know for tournament games, and then they forgot they owned the book until you just brought it up. Uh, right. Yes. Yes. I, I bet a lot of people are like, oh, I've got that. I might do it. I bought it for the train. Haven't built my Crunchbine yet. Wow. The one person in the world, Wiggles. <laughs> you are the one person in the world who's like, yeah, I did the terrain, but the Crunchbine's still on sprue. Uh, you're like, like power to you. However many billion people in the world, you're the one that, that didn't do that. So that's, that's good. Oh, oh, okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. I've just bought the book. Give me a second. <laughs> I've just digitally bought the book. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's good that they released a digital edition. <laughs> it's so good that there's a digital edition available for us to look at. Hold on. So let's see if it looks like a bestiary. James, while I'm uh, showing the chat, the bestiary, uh, yeah. very quickly, uh, could you... Uh, <laughs> I love this. It's like it exists. It's it. Wow, that's great. I'm gonna get it, and then that's probably not that good. And it's like fuck it, commit, get it. Can you see, can you see if you can find uh, a the uh, original beastery? No, no, yeah. No, well, the original beastery, or like something like the Warhammer Fantasy Battle beastery, like the um, uh, the Tamrakan, yeah. or like something else. Uh, so, yep. hold, so uh, I managed to find a digital beastery. Thank you very much. So you can see it here. So Thondia. Um, so this is good. So let's go have a look. We start on page seven. Uh, that's just a picture. Uh, page eight, we get the narrative, so we get to get into it. This is cool. Um, okay, no, it just describes the core book. 
Uh, okay, so that's. <laughs> I love. I love uh, that Dan. So Dan, this, the, this, way you, the way you said it was a thirty pages of law, but it actually starts at page ten. I was about to say the 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 one of the first pages in the book has been like, "Hey, have you considered buying this other bigger, more expensive book?" Like that's the start of it. It's just <laughs> like, "Hey, like, let's." It's like it's like you know when you go to YouTube and they make you watch two unskippable ads before you can watch whatever you're actually about to watch. That's it. Okay, so page one is is a whole page of text. Page two is, is 75% a picture of Kragnos and a bit of text. Uh, page three is, I'm going to say, 50% text, 50% a picture. Uh, page four, we get full text. Page five, full text. I love that. Uh, page six, mm, 40% text. I'm just going to put that out there. Then we get some pictures and maps, which is great. I love a map, uh, which is yeah. fun. Uh, and then we get some like little notes and stuff. Uh, and then <laughs> a full map and a bit of text. <laughs> How many times has that map been used? Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, God damn it, we paid for the incarnate year subscription and we will get our money out of this. I wonder how well this sold. For That's those who understand the incarnate reference, you're a fucking legend. Well, it says somewhere <laughs> at the front, like the beginnings of, doesn't it? The start of. Yes. Um, one of many books. One so of, we'll see. We'll see how well it's held if more come. Yeah, one of many books. And then mm. we get into... Season the, of Thondia is the ooh. first in a series of books that chronicle the ongoing struggle in the mortal realms. Part law source book, part story, and part rules expansion. Okay. All right. Okay. And he's 30... Okay, so now, do you know what's exciting about this versus a battle tome? Yeah? I think that this is more interesting than a battle tome. In my personal opinion, I don't know what anyone else thinks. By the way, this is nothing like a bestiary, like I would say. <laughs> yeah. Like, I guess it does. It has like a description of what fellwater trogoths are and stuff. Like, but okay. Um, you know what it feels like? It feels like, remember, like uh, Blood in the Badlands from Warhammer Fantasy? It feels more like a campaign book. Mm. You know, like, like here is a story, here is how you can play a campaign. Um, just yeah. just because I've gone down to, to page 51-ish on it. Yeah. There's like, there is like some nice sketched pictures of the monsters. Mm. Yeah, like a Jabba slide and a, and a bit of story about one, Which it. doesn't exist like, as a model. That's pretty good. But that's... it is, how many pages? Well, the last picture is just a bloody other picture. So what's that? One, two, three, four, five, six... Seven, eight. There's like eight pages. Okay. Okay. So what's the what's the? Did you go up to your loft to get the bestiary, James? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The digital you went up, edition. Is it, is it the chat? You went up, you yeah, went up yeah, to, to the chat. You you went up to the loft to get the digital edition from 1992. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so right the there. digital edition of the bestiary. Uh, yeah. From go. 1992. Actually, I, I went and got it without moving. Took a photo of every page. Put them into a PDF and sent it to uh, Robert. That's very nice of you. Thank you. Uh, so here's the bestiary. Uh, let's take a look at this. A little moment so people in the chat or people can watch at home. Uh, oh, that that classic ogre. Oof. Oh, forget the ogre. Look at that tree man. He's the, yeah. lad. He's the lad. There is a lot of text, is what I'm going to say. Like a lot of text. Like it's dense. I love this book. Oh, yeah. book and, and obviously there's some nostalgia, but like... It's cool. And I also think, like, interestingly, going back to it, it's like there's a little tiny bit of rules. Like, yeah. I had this book as a kid, and I'm like, oh, cool art. 
makes me want to play. Like I remember getting the 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 Grotz book and then being like, oh, here's all the stuff I can have. But also like I learn all about night goblins and blah 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 blah. Okay. And you know what's nice here is they don't go into like crazy full details for everyone, but they do have just a nice little splash thing so you can compare the units. And I know it's a lot easier to do here than it is in Age of Sigmar just because of there was a, a crap ton of data. But even being able to just look at it and go like, oh, I can see how good these guys all are and how tough all these guys are and like make those little comparisons is actually quite nice. Uh, so my question, so I guess a follow-up question then is, um, is we, do we, like, so I've asked if you think the Battletome lore is worth it or not worth it. Especially, I think someone said in the chat earlier, first time purchase is probably worth it, but every repeating mm. purchase is probably very unlike like if you roughly know most of the story like if that's something you're interested in then um then probably don't pick it up a second time um mm. my follow-on would be um uh, do you think the ca- i think the campaign books so one of my favorite books games workshop have released which i did buy physically uh was the book where uh, you got the uh, all of the ghost guys so or the the death faction and they mm. were attacking into the realm gates uh sorry into the mm. all points and then they finally took one over i think it was called uh was it, i can't remember what it was called like but it was released a couple of years ago maybe pre-covid um mm. uh, yeah there are diminishing returns on repeat purchases definitely but i think the campaign books are awesome and they get you some because see how interesting immediately the conversation has switched it's i think the battle tomes don't really give me the value that i deserve because it's the mm. same thing rehashed previously. That's an opinion, obviously. Yeah. But I think that's roughly the mm. take of the chat and me and James and Dan. And yeah. then a campaign book, something awesome and cool I haven't seen before. Surely that's what we should be paying money for, right? Mm. Is kind of my point. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, I think, like, let's say uh, I'll use Tyranids as an example. And a good chunk of that book was, I'll say, rewritten. But it's it's still the same stories that I've read in three different Tyranid books, you know, like it's the the origins of the Tyranids and how they do things and everything like that. It's the same. You can only dress it up in so many different outfits before you're like, that's the same person in. They're just wearing a different hat. So what do you, so so you, you, you want them to do? Right. Like, so like, what would you like? Because I'm well, kind of like I'm, we said, yeah, two books when you release it, give me two so I can choose. Be like, here is the. Like or you've got the the Tyranid law and then the the new rules or the updated rules because realistically, when you're like Votan, right? Let's compare Votan to Lumineth Realm Lords. Lumineth Realm Lords had three books in eighteen months, I think it was twenty months, um, something like that. There is not a full load of new law in each of those books, so you are paying for the design work one, like the the one lot of design work and writing was done and then they added a little bit to each successive book but largely the core of it is there and it's unchanging you just fucking do the thing of being like just change my homework so it doesn't look like it's the same thing uh whereas if you went hey six months down the line new rules pack for them and also we've here's the updated rules for some of the new updated law that includes everything that we've had so far and some of the new stuff you'd be like oh yeah okay cool that's that's all right i like that but i think I like we say the first time you buy it, you freaking love it. But after that, people start to skip the law because it's the same. We've read it, and also you're paying for the same thing multiple times. 
Yeah, all right. Well, then let's discuss that, right? Okay, So, because that's a really good point and will probably be mirrored in the conversation about the rules. So first bit, I guess there's a couple of like futures that we go through and I'd like to know what everyone's like future that they would want. My future that I would like is I would like that each, each like when they do Gloom Spike Gits, sure, I'd like them to cover the Gloom Spike Gits that they had, that they, you know, the way mm. they described it previously. But I want loads of new stuff. I want to know that mm. Scragrot, I know Scragrot before was uh, getting loads of profits and like keeping them in his own kind of like temporal cave and turning them into mm. mushrooms so he could track the bad moon. I want more stories on that. I don't want me, them to retell me that story. I'd like them to tell it to someone who's new, but then I want more added because they've done mm. the work where they've written that before. They can just copy and paste that and then start a new page, write a few new bits. So that's mm -hmm. one version of the future. Uh, the other version of the future that is just completely copy and pasted. Therefore, I don't see how it's of, like, I don't see how it's of value to me and why I should purchase it. Um, those are the two. Or then I guess a little bit of work, like, mm. so uh, of those three, James, because I think those are the only three options, which one would you would you want out of your purchase if you were going to purchase? Are those my only three options? Well, okay, is there another option that you can see? Because I can't see another option. So in my head, I almost feel like you could give me a narrative book for a faction. Yeah. And a rules book for a faction. Yeah. Mm. Two separate things. Yeah. 15 pounds each. Okay. So still £30 if I want both. But one, you can then update yearly. It's just the battle scrolls. It's just the war scrolls. It's just the rules. Okay. The other one, you could update me as the narrative goes along. So as you have something cool mm -hmm. to add. Yeah. So you suddenly they're like, oh, Fundia. Oh, it's blown up. Thanquot ate all the Conspires, and now he's a giant Conspire rat. Yeah. <laughs> then I you update this. me. Yeah, you I update my narrative then, and then you're like, oh, new Skaven law book. Rule book, separate. Here's your narrative book. Mm. And I think I'm slightly more mind blown by this because, and the chat will shoot me, but in my new fact finding job role yeah. for the Honest War Gamer, Jamie, I have obviously reopened my. Uh, hang on, sorry. Let me just check. My fifth edition <laughs> and seventh edition yeah. digital copies of the Skaven PDFs. <laughs> I can't believe from... they even made digital copies back then, but okay. <laughs> yeah, they did, yeah. You okay. obviously didn't know. You yeah. had to be forward thinking, you see. Uh, mm. And interestedly, just looking through them, like, they're so good. So, like, the, the uh, seventh edition starts with, like, Warhammer. Paragraph, this is what it is. Why would you buy a Skaven army? Like, this is the opening. How the book works. Tells me a bit about that. Find out more. Go to our website. And I'm like, oh, cool. Are they the same? So, no, they're not. Like, there's no copy and pasting. Like, the older ones, like, here's a book. A bit more like now. Here's our content. Here's some narrative. Oh, here's some more narrative. So there are, hang on. Uh, hang on. Take me a minute. Uh, hang on. Uh, hang on. <laughs> Before I get to any rules, there are 23 straight pages of lots of little text and narrative. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. like small text. Tw like, and, and, size oh no, 12. And then yeah. And like, 
and then the other one oh, who knows but it's cool and they're different and they both talk about the under empire but like where mm. it's at and how it's got there and i think in my head that's the point i went back to and i and god someone in the chat might know but the the distance between those two editions might be mm. huge but i also think between the last gaven book and this gaven book was about four years and mm. i feel like there was no new narrative so don't bother selling it may because it's almost sad i think right like like i talked earlier that realistically warhammer's a hobby we all buy into loads and like however you play and however much you play even if you're like i only really play the game i don't follow the narrative and i have no interest in it you probably care about your little rats mm. and if you play them long enough you probably care about that scaven narrative and there's almost almost something sad to be like i play this army i love this army but the company that makes this army don't love it enough to do anything with yeah. it for five years yeah like so yeah i i think absolutely fantastic points i re i really do like i i think one of the conversations that being brought up in the chat is like you know it's games workshop until they change the corporate structure like is it going to matter i think it's because it's so healthy right because what we're talking about um skaven's a really good example or ogres ogres just being brought up in the mm. chat ogres didn't have their book for years it's fair to say that even when ogres got their book i feel like it was pretty half done and gut busters were basically ignored yeah like mm -hmm. like why does the firebelly exists although they did have some because the Mournfang had or because uh the ice blokes had had a book yeah they right book. They, yeah they had had a book so they they did a first edition version of it copy and pasted it into the second edition book and now lo and behold i would be very unsurprised if the third edition book of ogres isn't very fucking similar to the second edition book like they haven't yeah. moved the story on so we're talking like three years this incredibly creative faction and where, like, I think the sad element is, is if someone out there was to be like, like someone poured their heart and soul into writing and adding into this amazing lexicon that is like the Ogre IP, it wouldn't be quote unquote legal. It wouldn't be quote unquote official. And it also wouldn't be quote unquote like... It, they would be shut down. They would be like, you know, like the corporate overlords would be come over and be like, how dare you? We wish to copy and paste our information mm. for 30 pounds every three years. Like, and then give everyone a slap. And I can't think of anything worse from a creative company than, mm. than intentionally selling something woeful. If that makes yeah. it like, you know, like, like, and I, I, again, at the top of the show, as I said, it's a corporate structure problem because they have a very few creatives working under incredible pressure for very little money. So I'd like mm. to be super clear that this is a, a structural problem. But anyway, like, I agree with James. It's sad, right? Like, because imagine, so like the next time I get to read about ogres will be in three more years. So and it'll probably be the same stuff, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> like you have three years. You could have had like just a guy you stuck in a corner for like I don't know two or three months, just writing his little heart out to come up with as many cool little things as possible, and you can't do it. Um, mm. So I guess we covered that bit a little bit. So when we talk about the law, is it worth it? Is it not worth it? You get on that. Like now, this isn't really attached to the battle tomes, but one of the things that like the book specifically, one of the things that the chat brought up earlier, like also when you aren't updating the 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 models. Like, so like with Skaven is a great example. They're like, no new models. And you're like, okay, okay, no new models. 
sweet. So, like, mm-hmm. why are you selling me a book? Like, what do I need if you've copy and pasted the law pretty much? Mm. Yeah. And if the rules updates, which we haven't really discussed yet, but if the rules updates are fairly similar to the last edition, but very few, like, minor health quality changes, like, why are you selling me a book? Like, wh- and why am I buying it? If that makes sense. Like, mm. what, like, you're, like, if you don't, it's such, such an odd conversation. Let me, as yeah. a creator, I'd like to just talk. I have this sometimes when I'm doing a show. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm meant to be doing a show today, but I'm not really meant to, sure what today's show is meant to be on. Like, that's super mm. okay as a creator sometimes. Sometimes you don't have, Dan, you must get that, right? Sometimes you mm. just don't yeah. have, you got writer's block. You just don't know what to yeah. do, right? Yep. That happens. So then just, I don't do a show. Because <laughs> I, yeah. do yeah. I don't have to do a show, but they have to sell a book. Yeah, I. But we don't I, have look, to I buy think, a book. I, I as now I'm I'm absolutely one of those players who loves. I love competitive. I love narrative, and I love lore. Like I am someone who is. I'm I'm an omnivore. I like and and painting. Like I nibble at everything. I enjoy it all. My my hobby is is like my bum, well rounded. But I, the one thing I noticed, and it, it is, I've used Tyranids and Votan an example so many times because I read both of those books uh, in the last couple of months when I got back into 40k after a very long hiatus. So I bought Tyranids to get back in, and then Votan came out, and I was like, "Feed me my space beards." Uh, and reading those two books were staggeringly different experiences. Now, I, I, one of the Tyranids was my first army way back when, when I played 40k as a, as a kid and I played it, you know, like through high school and university and stuff like that. And I loved it and I've consumed so much Nid lore. And then when I read the book, I was like, oh, so I've come back after like almost a decade away from 40k, more than a decade away from 40k. And my first Tyranid book back feels like the last Tyranid book I had as far as like the lore goes. There's there's a few little bits and pieces, but it's all quite the same. Um, whereas reading the Votan book, which was all new, all fresh, everything was great. My favorite little story in there, for those who've read it, there's an aside about the Mad Core, which is like one of these Votan supercomputers that's entire dwarven empire was killed and it felt all of their death and it went insane with with sorrow and rage and shit like that. Like, I... I, it was an effort to read through the Tyranid book that I had to do as somebody who wants to play Tyranids and loves them, whereas the Votan book was all fresh and new. And the problem is, is that every time you pay for a book, the rules don't change that much and the law doesn't change now, meaning that largely the book is a cost requirement with re- massively diminishing benefits. Okay, so great, and, great point. I'd yeah. really, I'd really like to come back to that because yeah. this is a great quote. But before we do that, can we just validate the next part, which is about the mm. rules, okay? Mm. So, like, the rules, like, in Battle Tomes, specifically we're on Battle Tomes at the moment, yeah? Uh, mm. And we will very quickly touch on the GHB toward the end of the convo. So the rules updates, uh, it's felt like in Age of Sigmar 3, have been, at best, kind of clerical. Um, now, so people can definitely disagree or, or not agree with this. I think one of the things that's definitely feels true, having looked at a lot of the rules, and uh, I know James and Dan, I've looked at the rules a little bit more mm. than both of you. Um, mm. They have been like, uh, some cases, 
a copy and paste with a couple of additions. And in some cases, they've just tidied up a couple of little rules and then they've just changed a couple of war scrolls and then patted it on the ass and kicked out the door. Uh, and in some cases, they've done a really wild job. But that's like Sylvaneth really stands out to me, as, do, as does Nurgle, um, mm. as much as we took the piss out of it when it did release. But they did add elements to it which kind of really made mm. it feel like it was you know like a nurgle book mm. um and then in some cases like uh, like i'm i'm very invested in the zinch book that feels like a, a very copy and paste book um mm. but unsurprisingly their brand new model they made quite good uh you know like shocker. And, and, yeah shocker like without even like a really good example would be um alariel's war scroll Okay, so Alariel's War Scroll is able to summon pretty much one of anything. Like once mm. per battle, can summon one of anything from like the list, like the roster of things that you can summon, like that you can take in a Sylvaneth army. But actually, can't do either of the two new bug units. Uh, specifically because I reckon they weren't in the second edition book when they copy and pasted them over. Do you know what I mean? Like they just, <laughs> they just, they just fucking forgot them. They were like, yeah, oh. they were like, you can have an entire tree lord or a big ass unit of something, <laughs> or oh fuck, we forgot the flap. We could have sold new shit. Yeah, I. Right. Yeah, it, sorry, just in. Uh, Zashmir in the chat pointed out was something which I do really like about Age of Sigma is that each edition they do push the storyline. Like, yes, we were joking about how they treat the Stormcast, just being like, oh, there's a new chamber. Fuck that chamber specifically into the dust. And then, oh, they gave him new armor. Uh, but forget everybody who came before. They're all meaningless to us. Um, they're, they're Sigma's second favorite sons now. Uh, but the fact that they do push the storyline each time is rad. Like the the fact that it goes from For the, so uh, you, the, you mean the meta narrative as opposed the, to the, the individual. The, yes, the the narrative of the world. Like the fact that we started reclaiming the world after the age of chaos, and then there was the necroquake and uh, the rise of death, and now you're kind of like in Gur with Kragnos and everything like that. I and I I absolutely do want to to credit where it's due. One of the things that broke me about the old world was that it was stagnant and not moving. 40K, they've started to move forward a little bit, but I don't know if it's really still has that momentum. But Age of Sigmar's momentum as far as a world and storyline development is spectacular. So is that, for my, at least for me, Zach, Dan, you're Dan, 100% right. Dan, I feel like we can say that it yeah. happens. Yeah, like, yeah. like I, I understand, like, because we... we <laughs> We're so starved that it's fair to say that you're mm -hmm. like, it's spectacular. I'm like, it happens. Yeah. Like, like because you almost feel like it happening should be the default, but we're so mm. pleased it happens. We're like, amazing. Yeah, we don't, yeah, even, yeah, we don't even review whether or not the actual like content of that moving forward is good. We're just so amazed mm. at momentum. We're like, holy <laughs> shit, momentum. Yeah, 10 out of 10. Yeah. But look, you know what I will, like I, put on a good little bit of weight during COVID and uh, and when I started to notice some of those kilos uh, sliding off me, um, that was that, you know what, I was going from zero momentum to momentum and I absolutely still celebrated <laughs> that. So you know what, uh, uh, Age of Sigma after fantasy was a bit thick and it, if, you know what, if it posts a gym selfie every now and then, I'm going to let it, I'm going to give it, it's got permission. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I think I think momentum should be some reward. But generally, I feel yeah. like it's fair to say that the rules um, aren't overarchingly 
um, changed no. very much. But again, the meta narrative of what Age of Sigmar is with battle tactics in this version of Age of Sigmar um, and a bunch of other stuff have, have fairly monumentally changed how the game mm. plays. Um, so it doesn't feel like it's you know like a, a 2.0 to a 2.5 from the rules conversation. Mm. And I'm sure from the meta narrative, it doesn't feel like it either. But I'm more talking about the books that they sell us like all the time, mm. right? Um, so yeah. uh, So like with that said, I think like we can kind of like put a pin in like battle tomes and their their value, and I'd like to ask the kind of chat and also you two like what you think. Oh, and rules like like this is I'm, I guess I'm going to take this more than anything else. I definitely don't feel like the rules have thirty pounds worth of value. I feel like if it's the first time I bought the book, then it would maybe have thirty pounds worth of value. But as like a repeat buyer. They definitely, I definitely don't see £30 worth of R&D for me as a consumer. Mm. If we take a novel or a graphic novel, for instance, and actually mm. maybe a time to look at how other game systems do it. Like, for instance, with D&D, when there's a new campaign, therefore new rules, it's kind of like a £25 book. I, mm. I, I looked it up earlier, so it's a little bit more uh, expensive. Whereas if we look at something like Star Wars Legion or MCP, um, uh, like which are kind of current larger games, uh, mm. they have um, they don't have like books as we know it. Mm. So they release miniatures and then they release rules with the miniatures. Uh, mm. So when you buy the miniature, you get access to the rule immediately. And as James will attest, if they update any of those rules, then those rules are rules are updated for free and available to download digitally. Yeah. Is the yeah they do, the, they do it both ways so you can you can go on their website you can download the rule for free you can print it off you can do what you want or if you want you can buy like all the replacement uh mm. cards for the heroes and all the cards for the season for 20 quid in physical format yeah, yeah. and yeah. the the other thing to to put out there as well for D D is that a D D campaign book is all new lore and it's all new rules. Like it, it might be, there might be new subclasses for a barbarian or something like that, but they're all fresh and new. Like it's not like, but, it shouldn't, like, but like, but sh like, yeah. I, I, I understand what you're saying is, is you can't compare apples and oranges, but I feel like we can. Why for the same price point almost, am I not getting mm. that amount of stuff out of one of these books? Well, and that's that's what I mean. And like, I think it's also investment. Like, look at the the next time you do flip open a D and D campaign book. Look at how they credit so many creatives, artists, like law writers, uh, uh, authors, uh, game designers. Like, they have so many people create it because they invest in these books. Uh, and then I don't I don't know how many in they how much labor they invest in new battle tomes. That is a, a question I don't have the answer to. Oh, I, I would say that there's probably three, two to three law writers, two to three rules writers, Like, but they mm. work on the entire system as the whole thing. And then they have like in-house artists, and but those in-house artists were working across all of the different game systems to produce stuff. Um, so like uh, for the price of the codex, you can get three Siege of Terror audio books, Again, a good point. Because I think, James, this is where price per comparison kind of comes into it a little bit. Like, you playing a lot of computer games, as you know, like, or as I know, but like the chat might not know, like, you end up with, um, 
you end up with this kind of situation where you compare it to, like, say, a DLC from a computer game. Mm. And a yeah. triple and a triple A computer game as DLC, imagine, like, and now, <laughs> I mean, I do know that we have Skyrim remastered for the 734th time. Yeah. Still worth it. <laughs> Still, but how worth many it. Times, Still worth it. But how many times have you bought Skyrim? One like, time. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So one time. And occasionally, like, they're like, oh, we've made this remastered. And maybe not that one. But like some of them you get for free. So it's like, oh, we added all this content. It's an update. Oh, you get it for free. Oh, the community can mod it. You can have that for free. Later down the line, maybe. Like I actually rebought Skyrim in VR. Okay, wow. But that's horrific. a different format, right? Completely different format. Yeah. It was horrific, but hilarious. <laughs> and and worth every penny. Yes, um, I've but I've like bought, yeah. Oh, carry on. I've bought it twice. I had it once on my console back home and I played hundreds of hours of it. I bought it again with the remaster and again, hundreds of hours. So if you want to talk about value for money, like like I absolutely get my value for money out of those. Yeah. Uh, um, Painted Tentacle makes a point that World of Warcraft, every expansion is $60, but it's and, a and lot. And £10 a month. And £10 a I month, think, but it's you know, a lot of content. World right? of Warcraft, I think, is a really good comparison to... Uh, Warhammer, as computer games go. Yeah. Right? Um, and uh, I, this might be a long tangent. Go so for it. Buckle I'm ready. Uh, World of Warcraft, think, actually, and who brought, who brought World of Warcraft? Painting Tentacle. Thank you very much. Uh, like, World of Warcraft's a really interesting comparison, and I played a long time ago, and I played for, I don't know, three years straight, maybe. Um, and then maybe a couple of years on and off. But like, so I'm buying a game. So now it's cheap. The buy-in is cheap. If I want the original ones, it's like 30 quid for all of them. And I think even more recently, lots of them were free for however many levels. But so the, the buy-in to World of Warcraft is cheaper now. But it's not if I started. And I would think lots of people that listen to the show or will listen back, and maybe not all of them, and maybe lots of newer people. But anyone that joined... Age of Sigmar at the beginning, let's say we invested, I don't know, £300 in an army and then £30 in an army book for that one army every couple of years. And and then all, and then the General's Handbook, so we've invested another 30 quid at least every year. And then our tape measure broke and we invested in that and our dice weren't as fancy as the new ones, so we invested in that. And and World of Warcraft, I think, is a good, a good comparison because it's expensive and it's and it's like... Uh, something we subs- people subscribe to. So they didn't just pay £60 once like you do with lots of games. They've paid £60 once and then £10 a month every month for for up to, I think, like 15 years now. Mm. And so at that point, if I stop playing, how much money have I spent? And in theory, it's worth nothing. So I've had a lot of enjoyment, but I'm kind of tied in to this monster that I've probably spent three grand on. And I think Warhammer's interesting in that one, right? Because we've probably everyone in here has subscribed to this. We've bought an army. We've bought a book. We might have bought four books. We might have bought Fondia. We might have bought the General's Handbook. We might have bought Dice. We might have bought a tape measure. We've bought event tickets. Like, there comes a point where, like, Games Workshop are saying, you have to buy a physical book. You have to have the physical book to play. 
You mm. have to have the physical book to play at our events. You have to have the official Bastion Cathalos model to play at our events. And I know mm. other events are different, but I'm going off that tangent for now. Like, we've bought in. We've spent a, a lot of money. So the next time when they're like, we're not doing digital books anymore, you have to have a physical book. Mm. Like, I'm, I'm two grand in. Yeah, you're trapped a bit. I'm two grand mm. in, right? Yeah. So I can play this game and only spend 30 quid, which isn't a lot because I've spent two grand. 30 quid more. Mm. It's yeah. not too bad. However, however, like I could say no, but I can't say no because I'm two grand in. And the older I get, the more I realize like, gosh, I'm two grand in. And also I've played this one system for like six years. Um, and I think like that's interesting for me because I've I've got a, a, a very good friend of mine who I've been friends with my whole life. His, his wife is a, a Warcraft player and like, I haven't played in years, but she still like she still raids every weekend. And mm. sometimes she's like, we'll all be there and she'll be like, oh, hang on, I'll be back in an hour. Like, I've got to go do this raid. I'm like, still, she's like, yeah, well, I've done it for seven years. Yeah. And I, and I feel like for me, like, and I'm not saying people are still playing Warhammer because they feel like they have to. But I think like we're tied in. And it, and mm. and that's one of the it, look, look, other issues I think we have as a hobby because I saw earlier in the so chat someone said we need to stop buying books because then they might change how they do it. But I think the issue isn't that we need to stop buying books because people still will because people have to because they've built this system mm. where they control like the hugest part of the gaming market. And I'd love to see someone in the chat go find me another MMO, so uh, MMORPG, so yeah. a massive multiplayer mm. online role-playing game, so like WoW, that still can sell me a game, expansion, etc., for 30 to 60 pounds, whatever they cost these days, and make me subscribe 10 pounds a month for the privilege to play that game. And I think there's that interesting flip. I would love someone to go out and find me a oh. physical model company that can control their consumer base so much to make me go and spend a thousand pounds, five hundred pounds, three hundred pounds, army dependent on models, and then make me buy a thirty pound book that in four months they could say, not that one anymore, this one. That's a great. That's a great point. I still have to buy it. That's a great point, James. Like I think the sunk sunk cost fallacy actually maybe is very true. I got a quote from uh, Jacob, by the way, who he brought um, uh, something up uh, uh, earlier. He said, uh, I never looked at Games Workshop army books or codexes uh, as the, the price of this reflects the amount of effort or skill or time that goes into it. And instead, he said, I've always seen as this is a required purchase to participate, which I think is kind of like, uh, mm -hmm. I agree with you. I feel like the purchasing of these battle tomes, ignore it. Like, if you've bought the fourth Lumineth battle tome, if you bought all four in a row, yeah, I really feel like you mm. never thought that you were buying anything new. You just felt like yeah. you were buying entry to the party. 
is what I really felt like. Yeah. And every time you rocked up, they were like, oh, actually, it's shirt and tie. And so you're like, fuck, you went away. You came back with your shirt and tie. They were like, oh, boots, mm, it's dress <laughs> shoes. And then you're like, fuck, you went away. You came back and they were like, oh, I'm so sorry. It's dinner jackets now. Like every time you rocked back up, the door bitch just gave you a harder time about getting yeah. in. Yeah, and I really do feel like that, that investiture, because you're also invested with your friends. Like I have relationships mm. in Warhammer that I do not want to walk away from and I, I never want to walk away from. Uh, as an mm. example so like there's even more and that's I guess true of guilds James great point by the way like tying it to World of Warcraft because that feels very similar mm. yeah like, they're the they, same thing they're the same thing you're absolutely right in, and, in also, and also and different universes and also unique right like a modern if I, a modern game or a modern MMO wouldn't probably try to sit you down sell you the main game and then sell you a subscription fee it, they, it, like, like I think the interesting narrative to that of me is Throughout the last few years, games have tried and they fail miserably. Like, go look at uh, New World, which wasn't, which was Amazon's, and they pumped money in. Like, I bought mm. it, I played it. It wasn't amazing, but like they had such complex systems put in, and there wasn't even a subscription, and it was still a mess. And actually, weirdly, like I went back to WoW a few years ago, and I was like, I've played so many better games. Like this game's mm. kind. Sorry if you're a WoW player. This game's kind of a bit of garbage. Like they've reskinned it. It looks pretty. It looks nice. But I'm still like tabbing and pressing five, followed by six, followed by three, followed mm. by one, and and learning those. And it's interesting because I think like almost, and this is my secondary tangent to this whole conversation. And then I will shut up. Um, the interesting thing for me is that like what we have is wow is probably the last bastion of that entire mm. generation of games that sold you a game and then made you pay to play the game that you'd already paid for. Like it is the last bastion of that whole era. The other ones went, there was guild wars, there was terror. ESO is hanging on. ESO is uh, actually really quite strong, but, but. but you can play it for free, right? Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. So, like, that tried it. It failed. Yeah. That's a huge company with a huge narrative and a huge law. They tried it. They failed. Like, all of those games gave up. Uh, Star Wars, The Old Republic. Mm. They all gave up. Mm. World of Warcraft is, like, the last bastion of that. And the flip is that I think Warhammer has been banging on since the, what, 80s? And I think at this point, they're almost the last bastion of we can do things how we want because enough of you have have enough money in this hobby for it not to matter. Mm. Whereas, um, interestingly, loads of new games and a really good example, and they're probably a harder comparison, but like a uh, flip comparison is the other probably giant game that everyone knows that no one can step away from would be like League of Legends. Mm. which is free where it's free mm. it's free the entry cost is nothing uh, but what but what, I, but the thing that they do do is they give you like they give you they give you a way to measure your skill sets like that's mm. what they do they they give you like they give you achievements and they give you like and i know that many other games do that as well like it's one of the things that i think the warhammer has been able to uncapitalize on massively is they they like you know rankings are a good thing you know they have because they've bought the itc they have decided mm. that they are going to get into giving you like an e point for your achievements in game uh but like i mean why they don't have like an app where you just get an achievement if you bought everything in a range 
Do you know mm. what I mean? Like, like, if you, like, but, what, like, they're so shit at marketing. It's outrageous how bad they but it, are. Like, but it's but interesting, James. right? Because yeah. they don't need to be. That's my point. Like, so, like, they've tied us in. We're just doing what they tell us to do. The same as some people are still paying a tenner a month to play WoW. Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. League of Legends are like, here's a game. It's free. And we think or know that our branding, our marketing, and our game is so good, addictive, or mm. rewarding, or infuriating, depending on how you want to take it, that we can then sell you all the stuff you don't need. Yeah. Do you want to look cooler? Here's a skin. It's 30 quid for a character. Yeah. Because some of them are. But you want it, because you want to mm. look cool. And like, oh, Ezreal, you like him. He can teleport and 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 so it's free he's free he's free mm. but you want to look cool it's 30 quid and i think like for me that's that's the flip right and like we talked about mcp earlier but what they're doing is like here's a and they're giving us a physical product so there has to be a difference but the core set for mcp it's been discussed a million times like they must have flogged them to tk max because tk max had them and they were cheap mm. like yeah. for mm. physical models it was 50 quid so they're like just almost give them away mm. and then when you're in do you really rob you've bought the corset but do you really want to just play captain marvel and captain america or do you like the guardians of the galaxy why not just spend apart 90 from, quid from chris pratt i love them all there you go so like why not spend 90 quid and but just that, play and, them and i think that's the the thing that Age of Sigmar did at the start very well. Before books, like when it was the General's Handbook and all of your allegiance abilities were in the General's Handbook, like they did it incredibly well, right? Um, And unfortunately, as it's bloated, it's lost it. It was so, compared to Warhammer Fantasy, it was so financially easy to get into an army. Like the barriers to entry were incredibly low. And that's why I think Star Wars Legion MCP have been so successful. The barriers to entry are low. You buy the core set and then you're like, hey, do you want to play Brotherhood of Mutants? I'm like, yeah, I do. And it's like 150 bucks. You have everything. You have everything to play that entire affiliation. But the, but the, thing, like, is, the thing is, is they're successful, Dan, but they're not sell me the same book four times in 18 months successful and they will buy it right so and that's kind of like like and i feel like that we get into like the rub of the issue which is what jacob Mm. uh, spoke about is that we feel like because i think Mm. it was painting tentacle the chat who said i can't play with my army if i don't have the new book Mm. and that's absolutely not true like there are several sources in ways to find the rules out for zero Mm. pounds I never require a paper copy. Like, there's an app with all three War Scrolls, at least, that Games Workshop mm. produce, which is the very minimum that they should do, right? But, like, similarly, I know Wahapedia exists and all of the rules are on there. And actually, I know that all of the rules are on there with the FAQs also put in. So why would I mm. ever open a physical book when I would maybe have to... Like, I'm not going to print something. Like, grow the fuck up. It's 2022. I'm not going to, like... Like, if they're like, you must print this in order to board this shit, like, uh, fucking plane to fly somewhere. I'll be like, no, I'm just not going to fly there. I'm not printing (laughs) something. Like, I'm not doing it in in this year, right? Like, it's on Wahapedia. It's all sourced together. So I just use that. It's much easier than, okay, well, this is what what the book says, but now I'm going to go onto the internet anyway... 
to find out what the FAQ says. I'm like, why am I not going to the place that only has the FAQ? So I think it's absolutely a myth that you have to buy the book to play mm. with your army. But I feel like it's a feeling that we all feel that we have to do. I feel like... yeah. Do you know what I mean? I feel like if you're yeah. like, I'm going to go and play with, as James said, my sunk cost in this army, I, oh, I need to go buy the book if I'm going to go play. And I just think that that's nonsense. Maybe you feel like it's valid. I don't know. Like, like maybe it's like mm. it's, it's more of a feeling thing than anything else. But like, I, I think that that's the main reason people buy the book is because they don't mm. think it's going to have any inherent value. And instead they feel like that they got to buy the book to be a part of the game. And I feel like that is fairly predatory, but also mm. like it's fairly understandable for the consumer and really woeful from Games Workshop in that they don't do much to make those books of value to us. That's kind of my thoughts. Uh, you got any, mm. uh, any thoughts, Dan? Yeah, that makes sense. No, that, that actually, that kind of tracks. Like the... <laughs> It's it's a shame because as much as uh, what I would say is I don't really have anything new to add except for it's very easy to critique, but it's hard to deny the success of it. Yes. Yeah. Like we we can critique we like there's there's nothing wrong there. The fact that so many people know they don't need to get their books from there is probably the reason they no longer produce PDF content because they don't want them shared around as easily. Um, but the, It'd the, be terrifying if someone could acquire a Thundia book without leaving their desk. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks in the chat, whoever acquired that book. But the, proof, <laughs> but the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the pudding. We're talking about this because the books are still sellers. They're still there. So as much as we can, we want to critique, it's, I, it, it works. But I, yeah, but it's, I, it's not about whether or not it works. Again, it's not about the business mm. practice. That's not really uh, what, yeah. I ever, what I ever wanted to talk about. What I really yeah. want to talk about is like, is it a value to me? If that mm. makes sense. Like what I'm almost sad as an Age of Sigmar fan is that when the new, like, so when the new Ogre book came out that they didn't absolutely revitalize mm. playing Ogres oh, yeah, yeah. and reading about Ogres. They didn't give yeah. me this wicked story with all of this fun stuff about Ogres, but they also didn't. Sure, it's a better book than it was to play, mm. right? But that's just because they literally, they literally, Dan, added like yeah. plus one to a gun profile and changed it from D6 to D3 plus three. And people are like, yes, that's 30 quid. Good work, lads. Pat on that ass off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> there you go. And it's not 30 quid. It's 30 quid times the amount of people that buy it. So it's right. like, yep, good. Yep. Take it. Put it in the bank. It's a Put huge, it in the bank. It's a huge fucking profit. Like, it's crazy money. And. Like, I know as a community, we're going to continue to accept it, but I didn't want to have the conversation. Also, I'm not like other content creators, neither James, neither Dan. None of us get anything for free. Proudly so. I mention it a lot because it's super important. We don't take anything for free. So therefore, I never am on the other side. I'm never like, well, why wouldn't you get the book? It just gets delivered to your house. You don't even need to think about it. Mm. Like, like uh, I have to go find out the local reseller. I have to go find out who's who. Do you know what I mean? Like, you have to be a part of the process. Like, and so on my side of the fence, 
because I don't get thousands of pounds worth. There's a guy mm. that made a video just who was like, I got sent £6,000 worth of Games Workshop stuff over the past year being one of their influencers. Mm. And I don't think he even included one of the books. It was just the amount of plastic he got sent yeah. like for books. And the final bit to talk about before we talk about anything else is that these books definitely are invalidated. Like, James has gone mm. and bought, like, sure, there's a new copy of World of Warcraft next year in, like, this this one, it's Dragonfly. But if you want to, you can go back to where the fucking Wrath of the Lich King thing happened and just mm. bomb around there if you want to, because it's there and it exists in the game. Like, it's an, a, an expanded universe. It's But it's like Total War Warhammer. Every new one, they expand, they build, you can still do Mighty Empires. But, like, Total War Warhammer 3's come out. If you'd rather stick to Total War Warhammer 2 and you've got it, you can. Yeah, yeah, but, right? But but yeah. we could all go and play Warhammer Age of Sigmar 1. Or we could all go play Warhammer General's Handbook 1. We the could. issue is that there is no facility to do it because they're moving those rules on. Oh, and also they're deleting those rules, right? Like, well, so, yes. Like, so, like, now, more than ever... Like, if you didn't go and pick up the physical handbook for General's Handbook, whatever, you'd have to go find an eBay rescue version of a second hand. Like, these rules actually will be fairly temporary, thankfully, unless someone happens to PDF them. Like, so, like, you know, you can't necessarily go back in time. Um, question, why am I meant to be bringing my book when I can't tell what's up to date with White Dwarf's FAQs expansions is also another fair point about the book economy. The final point to make really quickly or to talk about is the GHB because for Agency Master specifically, the GHB comes out every six months and it's how we play the game. Now, we talked about like a subscription service that we pay already, but like we already feel like we have to pay the subscription how every three years or six months, depending on mm. which faction you play. Because um, there's also no rhyme nor reason for that either. Like, I don't know that my very old OCR Bone Reapers book now is even going to get an update. You know, like, I don't even know if it's going to be updated for this edition. And really importantly, by the time that the roadmap of releases has come out, they, like, as an example, Imperial Guard mm. was one of the very first books for Warhammer 40,000 8th edition. And it's one of the last for Warhammer 40,000 9th edition. So it had about, mm. six, about five years in between. Mm. But next year is the new edition of 40K. Like, yeah. do you really feel like you've got your three years out mm. of your book that you're getting now? You know, as an example, um, uh, there's more than like, like uh, we've looked at the timeline. I think there's like maybe a book or two that won't be released by the end of this year or, or mm. will be released at the very end of, sorry, 2023. But then it's Age of mm. Sigma 4 the following summer. So do you really feel yeah. like you will have got that? Like if you're, if you were early on, you're like, yeah, great. But also if you're later, like it also, if also, you're Lumineth, you know, you're getting another book at the start of that edition. So you're like, <laughs> God, how many more? Do you remember that doesn't shit enough. Do you remember that wonderful moment when, um, the Slanesh book came out and it was hot trash. And there was a whole conversation that it was, written for a new edition and it's done really well since the new edition gargans uh, well no just just lanesh oh and yeah and then and then maybe 
we should get some Slanesh players and ask them if they feel they've got their worth from their book. Because <laughs> mm. I feel like they probably haven't, James. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All two of them. <laughs> but actually, they're currently uh, 1.4% of yeah, the meta. True. They're one of the least popular armies in the game right now. I wonder why. Because <laughs> they're shit. <laughs> All right. No. So someone Shocker. says that I feel like the General's Handbook is for 30 or $40 or whatever it costs in the UK um, is somewhat better value, but still the same problem, uh, although also comes with an app in a code. Like, I really, um, I really can't see. Um, and, and so, like, the reason I kind of wanted to bring the whole thing up was because, like, if you're going to spend your money, I feel like it should be on minis. And I feel like mm. we don't talk about that enough. The books are cool. Don't get me wrong. Okay. Well, I mean, when they they used to be cooler, and they're way cooler when the Forge World people did them. So let's be really super clear about that. I think these are like kind of cartoonish style books that they release nowadays. Mm. But like, like I, I honestly think that you're better spending your money on miniatures. And I would like to encourage people to do that mm. because I think there's nothing in this conversation that's made me think, yeah, I should buy a book. There's nothing where they've been like, well, you should support the faction or the business or the company. I'm like, I, I could do that by buying the mm. minis, right? Like, there's been nothing that's made me think, and I would like to really encourage people because there's such a huge amount of waste that gets created by these things. And, and, and like, you know, there's this huge kind of like pile of nothing Whereas I feel like if you at least buy the minis, at least if you buy the minis, you're you've got something cool and a cool toy. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's more of an asset. I would say that I didn't mind the original couple, like two to three generals handbooks, like like cheaper paperback books that every they they had a full six new battle plans, and they they often changed up the the. Um, allegiance abilities for the stuff inside of them i and they changed up the points as well i actually really quite enjoyed and every year i got excited for the new ghb but i think now just the volume of change being like it's the new ghb and the thondia battle pack and the this and the that like it's just it's it's a constant it, it's the reason that uh games a lot of card games and like magic the gathering uh, I don't know if anyone saw Magic the Gathering got uh, looked into like by the bank for how solid an investment it is. And they were like, they've flooded their own market. They've damaged, they, they have the monopoly on the market and they've damaged their market share by oversaturating it. And they've made a bunch of other bad decisions. But, um, but that's where I think I'm worried that the book bloat for Warhammer, especially Age of Sigmar, is getting too many battle tomes back to back to back to back to back, too many books required to play the game. If you are a, a gaming player, if that's your vibe, there's too many uh, things you require to stay current with the current state of like competitive Warhammer. To, like, it's just, I, I think it gets to a point where people are going to stop engaging with that. And that worries me because I love the, the war dollies and I don't want us to see like a diminishing amount of models and gameplay and tournament size. Yeah, I think I think one of the the uh, other interesting points is that like like uh, see this is thing that always made me laugh. Like people like when like they do an FAQ for Battle Tome, they're always like, "Oh, my book feels invalid." But like I I guess like I've always really like struggled with seeing that opinion written online because I'm like 
it was always invalid. Like, it's just going to get FAQ'd. It's been FAQ'd since the beginning of time. Like, this is what I mean. Mm. Like, it's modern Warhammer, for example. So I'm like, mm. it's always going to happen. So, like, mm. the naivety of which, with which you went into by that book is insane. Like, mm. like, it almost is required because they don't do any QA to a degree that's of worth. Mm. So, like, it's required that they're going to do that. So why you yeah. bought that book thinking... I hope this is absolutely sacrosanct. <laughs> Unlike yeah. every other book before, it's always confused me, right? Yeah. Um, and I've always find that quite weird. So I've never really understood that take. Uh, I don't know. Have you got any takeaways from this, James? Have you got any thoughts about it? Um, uh, a chat. Uh, let me just, uh, while you guys think on it, Dan, same question. Chat, same thoughts. My takeaway is this. The... I'm not upset with the idea of buying a book, yeah, uh, but I do feel like uh, the rules should be independent. I would just like the books to be better and bigger. I would like I would like to get value from my 25, 30 pounds, right? Because I feel like that's what they really need to sell mm. me on. Like the idea that it's a subscription I need to be a part of the hobby is something that I've been able to dis, like get out of my mind and i'm hoping this show has done for other people you do not need to buy a book to be a part of the hobby if you have an army you can just get the rules and play the game you absolutely don't need to be a part of that and i would like people to start to unfuck their mind on that subject mm. but i would like for the game that i love the universe i like very much like i love a movie i want there to be a sequel I love the Deadwood TV series. And when they finally released a movie to tie off that story, I was over the fucking moon. Mm. You could have put that behind three paywalls and some sort of like degrading. And act. you would have still gone for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, because I want the, because I want the thing. Right. Yeah. So like you, you can sell me a thing I want. No problem. Yeah. But you yeah. can't sell me a thing I don't want. Uh, or that's just a copy of something I've already got. So like, that's kind of like my, I guess, or My, something that at some point you'll realize is a manipulative way of getting money out of your wallet. I don't even know if they do it because like it's manipulation, right? They might just be dense and they might not know how to get off the cycle of what they're doing. Does that it's make also sense? A possibility, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. They might not know. Um, yeah. I think you can plot the value you get from a book on a scale from Beast of Chaos to Luminous Rewards. You can. That's true. Um, you want to be able to look back at a book with nostalgia rather than regret. And I would say that I feel like most of the modern books are books of regret, right? Mm. Yeah. All of them. Almost all of them. Yeah. Uh, almost I all think of them. I, I, I think I would like to, and I probably don't even have them anymore, but I feel like if I got every Stormcast book, the opening narrative of what happened, and then that weird little calendar update would be the same in all of them. Mm. Yeah. yeah, with maybe a day added. So, yeah. so you're almost buying the same thing over and over again. And then I think it's a bit like, isn't it? Like if you were, go to the shop to buy eggs, but you've already got eggs, and the eggs you ha like, they all go off at the same time. For lack of a better thing, you're like, mm. oh, now I've just wasted money. Like yeah. there must be part of us, or some of us, that are like, oh, did I waste money on this book? Or I bought all this. How, how many times have I played this army? Twice. Oh, okay. Was it worth it? 
Yeah, yeah, I don't think so at all. Guy in the chat has made an interesting point. He works in the game industry. Sometimes when we release a bad update or a new unbalanced boost in one of our games, our community managers are getting death threats over the weekend from angry players on our Discord channel. And we always tell them not to take it personally. And they know they are saying something I think is really smart to us. It's okay. They are scared and worried that they're ruining the game they like and that their friends will stop playing with them. And they are like, uh, and they are like the community. Um, so, like, I think what Guy's pointing out is pointing out mm-hmm. is that like. The updates are something that, like, we all feel very passionate about. Like, and in some ways, when they copy and paste it, then <laughs> it's hard to be really wrong or fuck anything up at all because, like, it's just the same as it was. Like, if anything, it does the crime of being boring, which I think is quite funny, uh, which I quite like. Um, uh, like, so D- Joe says, I want the Disciples of Zinch Battle Tome to be 300 pages of the coolest fucking Zinch lore I've ever read with pictures and stories and runes and spells that I can write mm. on parchments to stick on my Zinch stuff. I think that that's super fair. And all of the rules to be free online. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Dan, you got any final thoughts, you reckon? No, nothing that I haven't already said, but I, I'd just say that I I don't want to lose any of the things that we have. That experience of reading a new battle tome for the first time for an army you don't know is a spectacular experience. The problem is is the diminishing return on it, and I think that's the thing that, that for me, has been reflected on the strongest here. And again, I'd like it to be super clear. I love the game. I would desperately love just them to make it more awesome. And I feel Mm. like they make the money to make it more awesome. In fact, they quite regularly demand money off me. They're like, would you like to play in the new season? Here is 30 pounds you must give me. And I'm like, okay, then make it really cool. Same with the battle tomes. And if they're not, Mm. don't give them your money. Buy some cool minis instead because it's just as Mm -hmm. valid and you'll have more fun. That's what I reckon. Anyway, Mm -hmm. uh, lovely, really great chat. James, great points about WoW. I'm going to be thinking about that all night, I think. So I super appreciate that. But still sleep. Uh, You still sleep. Well, as well as I do, uh, which is badly. Uh, Dan, a super pleasure because you got some salient points and I appreciate you. Uh, Good luck and you trip to Australia. Have fun. Uh, James, loads of love at Lord of the Rings at the weekend. Uh, I wish they brought us some new Lord of the Rings books. What is that Tolkien been doing, lazy shit? Don't know. What a, yeah. what a lazy bugger. <laughs> what, what a lazy, a lazy bugger. Uh, chat, uh, thank you so much uh, for being a part of the conversation. I think this has been super fun um, and I've really, really enjoyed it. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, loads of love. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And uh, if you have liked the show, please do support us on Patreon, et cetera, et cetera. Loads of love and talk to you soon.